Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Picasad Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with the River Brown and Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 82. In this episode, we are going to do a mock draft. The draft is one week away, so it's only right that we do a mock draft on this episode. And we're also going to talk about the NBA, talk about the New York Knicks winning streak, Steph Curry and the recent tear he's been on, and the Clippers recent run and more. This is now episode 82. Andrew has been a guest before. Yes, sir. We were live before. It was uh, our highest donated live stream <laughs> ever in history Facts. when he was here. Worry about the bag. And also, uh, we are now on the Locker Room app. And what that is, is an application for us to connect with you guys and basically talk to you guys in an audio form. You guys can enter the chat rooms. River's username is River0416. Mine is Joel V. Moran. You guys can follow us there. And we're going to set a date in the next coming weeks uh, of when we go- we are going to go live. And also, we're so close to 30 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you guys can, review our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and help us boost those numbers up. We appreciate all you guys for watching. This is now episode 82. For the NFL Mock Draft, it's going to be very fun. I'm looking forward Me to too, it. Me too, man. Right? Because it's not going to be just a regular Mock Draft like, oh, I give you my 32, River gives me his, and you give me your 32. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six. We're going to go in order, and we have not determined yet the number one pick. So we have to see who the number one pick is going to be. And we thought it's only right that we decide the number one pick by a classic game of rock, paper, scissors, and shoot. Because you guys are both sitting horizontally from each other. All right. You guys have the honors to go first. All right. Let's do it, Brody. All right. All right. Says shoot. Says shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, says, says shoot. shoot. Yes, sir. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. All right. <laughs> so you, okay. For you now? Yes. Right. So if you beat me, you get the number one pick. Man, <laughs> man deemed himself the number one Word. pick off rip. That's crazy. <laughs> nah, that's valid. Okay. So, so and you're number three. All right. That's cool. <laughs> okay. So rock, paper, scissors, says, right? Yeah. No, wait. wait. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, says shoot? Says yes. shoot. Okay. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, says shoot. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. That's uh, lit. Okay, so Riv has the number one pick. We right now have the draft up. The first pick in the draft is uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do I click start draft? Yeah, yep. click start draft and click the theme music and make your pick. <laughs> this is bad funny. It's obvious who I'm going to pick, though. I'm going to go ahead and pick the best QB in the draft, the best player in the draft, Trevor Lawrence. So the Jaguars, of course, picked Trevor Lawrence. Franchise is back. It's baby. a big surprise to me. Yeah, big, super big <laughs> surprise. So just like what's going to happen on draft night, after that first pick is made, mm-hmm. me tricky. being the New York Jets, we're running to the podium, <laughs> and I'm selecting Zach Wilson, okay, quarterback okay. out of BYU. He has to be the pick, <laughs> Zach Wilson. You have the best pick right now. Oh, you have man, the best team. You yeah. so? you have, it's between you Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. Sh- should I do what the Niners should do, or should I do what? I think you should do what you would do in this situation. Uh, see, that's where it's heartbreaking. <laughs> okay. All right. So with the third pick overall, the Niners, 100%, should select 
Mr. Justin Fields from Ohio State. Now, I mean, I feel like I, I think they should do this. That being said, Shanahan loves his his pocket passers, his traditional passers. He had Matty Ice. He had he had um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think he made Bethard like one of the second best QBs out of the pocket, something like that. I forgot the stat off the top of my head, but regardless, I feel like Justin Fields he should break that mold and he should do just fine there. So now you have the fourth pick, yes, Atlanta. And I'm looking at my Atlanta team. You know, I got Matt Ryan. I got Julio. I got Ridley. I feel like I'm missing something. And I feel like at this point, I got to go with the, I feel like the best player. So I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. Okay. That's so a firm Kyle pick Pitts, right Kyle Pitts, I think that's a great pick. My offense is unstoppable. If the Atlanta Falcons have an offense, Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, that is an unstoppable offense. They also have Cordero Patterson. They okay, him that too. was a good. That was a good signing. So I don't want to. I don't want to talk about every pick, but I feel like they shouldn't. They shouldn't go Pitts. As good as Pitts could be, their, their secondary has too many holes for me for them to to go Kyle Pitts and me be okay with that. So I think for you know the most intriguing picks of the draft. We could sit and talk about it for a little bit. Okay. So let's talk about the Atlanta pick because you don't feel like the Falcons should get Kyle Pitts. So are you saying you want them to go quarterback of the future here? No, I don't think they should go quarterback of the future. I feel like Matty Ice, that's that's more than fine with me. He's shown in the past that he could be an MVP caliber type player. Uh, over the last few seasons, he's kind of dropped off a little bit, but that's also due to him being on the field way too too much. His defense really doesn't help him all too much. That being said, I feel like last year they lost a lot of games down the stretch because that secondary was giving up too many long balls. I know that this draft class isn't defensive heavy. I know that there's going to be at least of these first 10 picks, nine of them are going to be offensive, at least in my opinion. Uh, That being said, I feel like they definitely are in a good position to trade here. If they Mm -hmm. trade here, they trade back, they go to... You look at a team like the the Patriots or, or my Broncos that are looking for a quarterback... You drop down to nine, you drop down to 15. That's where I can definitely be comfortable with taking a defensive player. I want to piggyback of what he said, actually, because you you talked about it. You said this draft isn't defensive heavy, yeah, but this is quarterback heavy. And with For Matt sure. Ryan being, I think, 36, you know, he's reaching that point in his age. Do you take a quarterback at this point mm-hmm. to eventually take over for Matt Ryan mm-hmm. with guys like Julio getting older, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. getting older, and getting somebody in there to learn the offense? Or do you, like you said, go defense? Well, at four, I feel like you— you know, we, we just took Fields, we just took Zach, we just took Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I feel like after that, I think I would take Matty uh, Ice over Trey Lance. I would take Matty Ice over Mac Jones, at least right now. In the future, who knows? I mean, they're talking like Mac Jones could be the next, I'm trying to think. Matt I, Ryan. I, yeah, for, that's a fact. That's a really good comparison. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with taking another quarterback right there. I mean, would it surprise me if they did it? I would say so, honestly. Uh, that being said, I feel like Kyle Pitts definitely fits that offensive scheme better than taking another quarterback and then, you know, you have another two seasons of not doing anything with them. The only two defensive players I'd take as high at four, mm-hmm. if we're going off talent alone, are Caleb Farley and Micah Parsons. Okay. But Caleb Farley had back surgery, so because of that, I wouldn't take him at four. I wouldn't even take him in the top ten because of that. Maybe top fifteen. I think he's going to slip in the draft. Okay. And Michael Parsons has character concerns. I mean, to the stories the that have come out about him are really alarming. Plus, the Falcons are good at linebacker. That's true. You know, so they don't need that anyway. They have uh, Alou Khan and mm-hmm. they have uh, Deion Jones. So they're fine there. 
So I think they probably should trade back. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe get a Patrick Sertan the second. Okay. And I think they'll be fine. Or draft Panay Sewell here and get an offensive tackle to protect Matt Ryan. But I think they're in a tricky situation. And my gut feeling tells me that the Denver Broncos are going to trade up and get that fourth I pick. I agree. I agree. And the, the Falcons at nine, I think they're comfortable taking Patrick Sertan the second mm-hmm. or taking Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. whoever falls there. So I think they have a really intriguing And then pick. where would you think Denver would go if Denver? they trade up for four? I think they, they go QB. I think Denver trades up to four if they think Mac Jones goes to three. Okay, that's that's the only way I see us trading up to four. I don't if think you we did, trade up. If, you, if Mac Jones does go three, who do you take it for? Hundred percent Justin Fields. Okay, yeah, that's that's so the too. come up of the draft if they go Mac Jones. hundred percent. Yeah, I think so too. On to the next pick, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have I the fifth is, pick. Is, I, I know I, his pick. I, I know it. But I, 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 this is see. an easy pick for me. We are reuniting Joe Burrow it. with his wide receiver, Jamar <sighs> Chase. Look, listen, I, I love Panay Sewell going to the Bengals, but we got we to gotta keep it real right now. The Bengals signed Riley Reef in free agency. Mm-hmm. He's a starting left ta- right tackle. He's not a star. He's not a superstar, but he's a starting caliber right tackle. Last year, around the midway um, part of portion of the year, they signed Quentin Spain. So their offensive line, they have three solid guys there in Riley Reeve, Jonah Williams, and Quinn Spain. It's still going to be below average. If they were to draft Panay Sewell, they would they would have to move him to guard, which I think he could play and he could be really good at. But I don't think they should pass up on Jamar Chase because I like T. Higgins. I like Tyler Boyd. Are they number one receivers, bona fide number ones? I don't think so. I think Tyler Boyd off the slot. He he plays primarily in the slot. T. Higgins is a good. He's a good receiver. I like him, but I don't know if they they either of them have the potential to be that number one receiver. With Jamar Chase, you can have a top five receiving core in the NFL. And in my opinion, if you have a great receiving core, it minimizes the deficiencies on the offensive line. You know. I agree because I at first I, I was thinking Penny, you know, because Joe Burrow went before he went down. He, you know, he's one of the most sacked QBs in the league. But when you look at it, losing AJ Green, they, they lost AJ Green, and over the course of five six years, he was their number one. Getting a guy like Jamar Chase to fill that void, I think with T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I think you get those guys, and you can definitely make some noise with Joe Burrow. So, you know what? Yeah, we gonna we gonna rock with that pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't be mad. I think the Bengals are in a great situation because they can go either Jamar Chase. I think those are Panay the two guys Sewell they're really looking at. Or Kyle Pitts, and either of those guys would be great picks. So they're in a great situation to get a home run player at, at number five. For sure. All right, so now on to number six with the Miami Dolphins. Mm, you have a great team. What I you going to do? I feel like we got to protect the, the future of this franchise. What's the future of your franchise? To cool. attack of Iloa. Absolutely. You know his, that's crazy. That's the boy. <laughs> Come on, lefty power. Come on, bro. That being said, I'm going to go with... Uh, Probably the best offensive tackle in this draft. I'm going to go Panay Sewell right here. Good pick. Yeah, you can't complain. Right? I feel like uh, I, I looked at their depth chart. Austin Jackson's their starting left tackle. Uh, I feel like Panay Sewell is definitely an upgrade from that. You you bring him to the blind side. Not the blind side, actually. You probably could put him on the blind side because Tua is a lefty. And he's shown that he could be versatile. He could play right tackle. He could play left tackle. And so either way, he, he's definitely going to help out uh, Tua Tagovailoa. My go, isn't it? Yes, huh? sir. Yep. You said Lions. Oh. What are you going to do? 
I got a lot of options. I could go. I could go either. Or. I don't know. I need they a lot. Need everything. Yeah, I do. But I know I have a QB who's somewhat okay in Jared Goff. Okay. I have no receiver. We just lost Kenny Galladay. I have nothing. So I would. I would pick the best player available, and I think I'm gonna pick Devontae Smith. So you don't care about his weight. You think that he's better than Jalen Waddle? I think. I think he is better. I think in terms of just talent alone, I think he is better than Jalen Waddle. I think his weight is concerning. I think his frame is a little bit concerning. But I, I think at some point you you can't ignore the talent. You can't ignore how skilled he is at the position. I would at this point I would bank on it that he'll be better than most. So I would probably take Devontae Smith. I'm actually surprised that Waddle weighs more than Smith. Yeah, Smith is a little That's man. Crazy. He's actually weighs That's five crazy. more times than me. Yeah, you know, I, you, you know, know even though bro. keep uh, the dreams not, up, I'm not good man. All right, even though Devontae Smith is skinny and he doesn't weigh a lot, I think he's he going to be move. fine in the NFL. I think so too. You know, and I think because of this weight, I know you picked him at seven, but I think the Cardinals are looking to move up in the Ooh. draft and get a receiver because if Devontae Smith falls and they can have a pairing of Hopkins, AJ Green, and Devontae Smith, or even Jalen Waddle. That's something to look out for in the NFC West. For so sure. I think that would be amazing. But like you said, Devontae Smith's seventh pick. So I'm the Carolina Panthers. So the Carolina Panthers, obviously, we're not going quarterback. We have Sam Donald. He's our quarterback of the future. We have receivers, so oh, I don't boy, think wait, I'd go Jalen Waddle here. In my opinion, it's between two guys. The Panthers either get better at corner and draft Patrick Sherton the second. Mm. Or they get better at tackle and draft for Sean Slater. Because they just signed A.J. Boye, they have Dante Jackson, they they drafted Troy Pride Jr. last year, I think they hold off on corner and they draft Rashawn Slater at number okay. eight and pair him up with Taylor Martin so, to, to, have, to solidify those two tackle, tackle spots. So you, Oh, this is hilarious how you have the ninth pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how it worked out. So you believe in Teddy for, just for a little bit to be that quarterback to just keep them. Sam Donald's a quarterback. Oh, so oh, okay, okay. So you think Sam's going to take his spot? I think Sam, I think Sam is going to be the starter for sure. Okay. Teddy's not going to start. Is that unfair to Teddy? I think a little bit. Mm. But there's no way they go quarterback this high. And if it wasn't for... Sam Darnold getting traded. Mac Jones would be the eighth pick over Trey Lance, in okay. my opinion. Okay. I, I would have picked Mac Jones, but huh. I'm going Rashawn Slater. And here you are. Here we go. Boy. Number nine, Denver Broncos. <laughs> Fate. That being said, I'm be honest. I don't know who I'm going to take here. Because my gut's telling me what we need right now is definitely a linebacker. We do need a quarterback. But I'm not in love with Trey Lance. I'm not in love with Mac Jones. So I think I'm going to make the safe pick here. Even It might not be so safe given this guy's current uh, issues off-field. Uh, but I'm a, I think I'm going to take Michael Parsons. I feel like he's too dynamic. Man is as fast as it gets at the linebacker position. So I f- and, and right now we're, it's Alexander Johnson, Jules. That's it. And uh, <laughs> Michael Parsons is definitely going to make us a lot better on that side of the ball. And right with Michael Parsons, we have no holes. After we get Michael Parsons, I feel defensively, we have no holes. Our secondary solid. Our front seven is as good. I mean, we got Vaughn Miller, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Bradley Chubb still waiting to take that superstar leap, but I feel like that's coming soon. Shelby Harris, we resign. And we get Michael Parsons to help clean up with Alexander Johnson, too. I really like this pick. So I'm, I'm going to go Michael Parsons 100%. I have a female friend that knows him like personally. Really? She goes to Penn State. Well, was telling me that, too. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm not gonna speak on, but yeah, just yeah. Of course, not nah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have the tenth pick. The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, are my, yo, you get my Eagles too. That's hilarious. I'm gonna do right by you, bro. Don't worry. Dude, you want to trade? You know what? No, actually, I don't want to. You sure? Yeah, okay. You could trade if you want. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Pick right. your pick, your right. guy. Oh, for real? Yeah, bro. I got right, you. All right, take Dallas. Take Dallas. All right. Okay. All right. So Dallas, 100%, I think they're going cornerback. If they don't go cornerback, it would be a huge surprise. The only way they don't go corner is if, by some miracle of God, Kyle Pitts drops to 10. <laughs> that would be the only way I see them going anything but corner. So I'm going to go the safe route here. I feel like Patrick Sertain the second is definitely going to be the pick for them, and that's who I'm selecting. So many Alabama. Players. So now the 10th pick, I think that was a great pick, by the Thank way. You, they need a so corner. They need everything on defense. The, the 11th pick, the New York Giants. So they need a tackle, right? They need some protection, but Christian Darisol right now. Really? No, no, I'm not going to pick him. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He's going to blow my Yeah, he definitely is. Christian Darisol, I think, is a little bit too raw to pick at 11. Jalen Waddle is here. He can be the receiver to help the Giants. But I think Dave Gettleman, he's a shocking GM. And we remember just in the 2019 draft, he shocked everybody when he selected Daniel Jones. They have said that they believe in Daniel Jones. But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to get somebody who reminds them a oh lot of Eli goodness. Manning. Go I'm back. drafting Mac, Mac Jones, Jones at 11. Guy, no way. <laughs> Mac Jones is cuz Daniel Jones, I'm not sold on him. He might he might be bad in New York. <laughs> so now you have Mac Jones who's going to come right in if Daniel Jones plays bad and Mac Jones is going to take over. All right, now I this have has a question. Been the most surprising pick yeah, in the that draft. easily, easily. Now I have a strong question. Would you have taken Mac Jones over Michael Parsons? Because yes. if you're saying really, yes, okay, yes. so you're saying you really don't. So I'm because I agree. I don't believe in Drew Locke. I believe in Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has at least shown me something to make me believe in him. You are you're out on Daniel Jones. I'm not out on Daniel Jones, but I think the Giants are looking at it through this through this lens. Daniel Jones, if he doesn't play well this year, he's going to be up for contract next year. Yep. If they don't find a quarterback now, I think next year they're going to be better. They're going to have a better record, Mm -hmm. which means they're not going to pick high enough to get a good quarterback in the draft. I think right now you're staring at Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Mac Mac Jones could have went as high as number three, right? I don't trust Trey Lance because of the experience factor. I think Mac Jones reads the field better than Daniel Jones. Mm. He has better pocket awareness. And you give Mac Jones... An array of weapons and Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, even though the offensive line Saquon. is is pretty bad. Facts. And Saquon, yeah. I forgot to mention him. I think Mac Jones can take the Giants over the top and make them a playoff team, like mm. definitively. Mm-hmm. And if Daniel Jones struggles, Mac Jones will come in. And his game reminds a lot of people, including myself, of guys like Matt Ryan. My, my comparison to him is Eli Manning. You know, mm-hmm. I don't say Matt Ryan. I say Eli Manning. That's that's been their guy. Yeah. So I think Mac Jones to the Giants. I know nobody's expecting it, but Dave Gettleman has done things before that nobody has expected. But if I were the Giants and I see Mac Jones at eleven, I think he's too good to pass up on. And I don't see. I don't think getting Jalen Waddle is a enormous need. Uh, Christian yep. Darrisaw isn't either. And who else am I going to draft? Maybe a J.C. Horn, Jeremiah Wusakuromoa. Mm-hmm. I don't know for the value. I'd just rather get quarterback and draft Mac Jones. Okay. All, All right. right. 
Thank God. I was about to say, <laughs> this is a come up now. now this That's is- another reason why I'm surprised, especially with the Eagles being the next pick. You know who they're going. You know what they're I mean? No, hundred percent. But are we? There's though? no doubt. Like, that's well. They're trying to. We? They're trying I, to like, th- throw some things like, out like, there. Like you know, we need a receiver. We do. Def. But we need a cornerback, a second cornerback. And we've talked about it earlier. Caleb Fairley. Besides, like injuries aside, he's one of the best corners in this draft. But yep. you can't. Like I, I can't walk away no from way. the fact that Waddle is sitting right here. So I, I, I got to take Waddle with this pick. I feel like we've been missing. And lacking that number one since Deshaun left years years ago, uh-huh. and we need somebody to take it over the top with the defense. Okay, so I, I'm taking Waddle easily. Thank so God. I have the next pick, uh, next. the Los Angeles Chargers. See, for me, this is easy. Uh, it's between Christian Darrisaw or Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm. I favor Elijah Vera Tucker a little bit more over Darrisaw because he can play guard and tackle. So. I'm going Elijah Vera Tucker and drafting him to protect Justin Herbert. But don't get me wrong. I could very well go J.C. Horn here because they do need a corner. And I'm very high on J.C. Horn, even though he did have a tendency to hold in college. He could very well be the pick. But I think they go tackle. It's going to be Derisaw or Vera Tucker. I'm picking Vera Tucker. Okay. So you make my pick pretty easy because in my mock draft here, I have the Vikings taking Christian Derisaw. Uh, I feel like... Right now, if I look at the the Vikings offseason, they had a really strong offseason. Uh, they had a bunch of holes on defense. They did the best that they could to to fix those up. Right now, the, I, the only issue to me right now is their O-line. And when you have Dalvin Cook, one of the premier running backs in the league, you got, well, we'll see what happens with Kirk. I don't know if they're going to bring him back 100%, but Kirk played pretty well last season, if, if I say so myself. But he really didn't have a solid O-line. They actually ranked 32nd. Uh, uh, they had the 32nd ranked uh, best, I guess, worst offensive line in the league. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Christian Derrissaw, 100%. And also, Kirk Cousins finished virtually top 10 in every quarterback stat with one of the worst offensive lines. That right there proves my point that if you have great weapons, Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, JJ. Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, mm-hmm. you minimize Cook, the deficiencies yes, of the offensive line. You know, that's why for me... I think the narrative on unathletic quarterbacks have been a bit overblown mm-hmm. because there are plenty of examples of quarterbacks who are not athletic that still play well. Kirk Cousins. I um, wouldn't say he's not athletic. He used to rush for a lot of touchdowns back in in Washington. To say Kirk unathletic, Cousins, he played at Michigan State though. No, I'm saying in Washington when he was on the football team. Oh, okay, okay. correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're All right. right. But Matt Ryan, another one. Correct. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. For the past the couple of seasons, quarterback ever. But he had he had a pretty good offensive line basically his entire career. So you know, quarterbacks that have not been the most mobile still have been able to get it done. I think it's more about how you read the field, knowing where to go, than about your athleticism. Mm-hmm. And even when you watch Mac Jones on tape, he he's he's agile. You know, he's not going to be Justin Fields out there or mm-hmm. Trey Lance or even Kellen Mond or even Zach Wilson or Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor. But he knows how to maneuver the pocket so I feel comfortable. But Chargers and Vikings go tackle at both the 13th and 14th pick. I think those are great picks. I could have saw the Vikings going edge rusher too. Okay. But I think tackle is a bigger need. Okay. So you were the Patriots. Who are they going to select here at the well, 15th pick? I feel like pick? this offseason was a big thing for them. I think they did everything they needed to do. But I think 
relying on Cam Newton for the future is a is a very weird step. I honestly believe that they go if they can't get Justin Fields, I think they're gonna go Trey Lance here with this pick. I think they're gonna put him in the situation, develop him under Bill Belichick, and get this guy as their QB for the future. Like if you look at Trey Lance, if you watch him. You see the talent. The inexperience is there, but you see the talent. You see what people is raving about. He has the potential. He just, I feel like he needs to be put in the right position and have that coach that will definitely develop him and Bill Belichick can be that guy. So I like Trey Lance of the Patriots. You know, he his game reminds me a lot of Cam Newton, can run the ball. They can The same offense is being designed for Cam. Trey Lance can run as well. And also, intriguing fact that the, that the people in the chat just mentioned, Mac Jones had a faster 40 time than Patrick Mahomes. Are people trying to say he's faster than Patrick Mahomes? I'm not, no, I think it's just a point. Oh, okay. It's just a point to that Mac Jones wheels. isn't as unathletic as you think. Like if you were if you were to just give somebody a blonde test and say who do you think is faster, Mac Jones, Dwayne Haskins. They'd pick Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Oh, well, and we all know why. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we know why. But, like. but Mac Jones is actually faster than uh Dwayne Haskins, so you know, if people thought Dwayne Haskins was going to be uber successful in the league, why is everybody knocking Mac Jones? Can I ask something about the 40 time, though? Because I feel like when people say, oh, they're using the 40 time as who's faster, I think it's a little different because when you're in the NFL, I know for a fact when you have all that equipment on you, it slows you down a bit. And I know no people doubt. like to judge who's 40 time is faster, but I know a lot of people who are not that fast with the equipment on other people who are just as fast. So is he like fast? Like equipment on, or is he just without the equipment? His forty time is fast. I don't know. You watch more film. I don't, than I don't know the answer to that. I, I'll say this though: I think Mac Jones is athletic enough to to for for people not to worry about okay. that in the NFL. That's just my honest opinion on Mac Jones. People shouldn't be looking too heavily into this. I think he's the third best quarterback in, in this yeah, draft. Know. Better than Justin Fields among the five that are getting hyped. Correct. Yes. But I'll say this: If we're like we're going off of potential, who has the most potential? I think uh, Wilson is one, Fields is two, Lawrence is three, um, Lance is four, and Jones is five because of like traits and stuff. But like Lawrence three, yes. I thought yes. you had Mond in there as potential. I'm talking about the like the five most. Okay. Hyped. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence three because I don't think Lawrence has the strongest arm. I don't think he has okay. an elite Fields arm. Fields has a cannon. He, he does. He had. He looks like the prototypical QB. Like <laughs> you fall does. in love with him. He yeah. does, but he doesn't have the strongest arm. I think Fields has a stronger arm. He's faster than him. I think Fields. If we're talking about straight up potential, probably mm. is like ranked first in potential. But we all know potential doesn't always come Translate. into fruition. Yep. I agree. You know, if we were talking about physical traits, like if we weighed physical traits so heavily back then that we do now, RG three might have been the number one pick over Luck. Because if we talk about physical traits, RG3 was a better runner than him, and he had a cannon for, for an arm in, in college. But you got to know how to play the quarterback position. But I think that's it for quarterbacks because you just drafted the fifth one. Yeah, so that's true. For the rest of the draft, unless somebody selects Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or I somebody like that. I think only like you that, would do that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, I think, so yeah, you I, are I the think only one. We, there will be no quarterback. So the Arizona Cardinals at pick 16. Wow, five QBs. If the Cardinals were not looking to draft a receiver, I would go Christian Barrymore here. Okay. But because they have been rumored that they want a receiver here, they want one bad, I'm going with Terrace, Mar- Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU. That's who I'd Over pick. Rashad Bateman? Yes, I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is a great receiver prospect. He's slipping on some draft boards as a recent, but 
I think he can be a very solid pro. And Rashad Bateman, great college production, but I think Terrace Marshall Jr., pound for pound, is the better receiver than him. Okay, so we got the Las Vegas Raiders up right now with pick 17. So initially I was looking at offensive linemen for sure. Before you go, okay. I know you're a Denver fan. Yes, sir. But don't be that Make guy. Make a bad pick yeah, for Don't them. be that guy. All right, just listen. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'm looking at a bunch of old linemen right now. There's just an, I was gonna. What I have originally is that Elijah Vera Tucker would have fallen to them. That would have been a blessing for them, honestly. Honestly, but I feel like right now you can't really trust Jonathan Abrams. I mean, even though he's a hard hitting safety, I feel like Trevin Morig might be my pick right here. Uh, other than other than Abrams, they really don't have anything going on in the secondary. And with Abrams having you know some injury history uh, this past season, I feel like Trevin Morig is going to be my pick here. Trayvon Merrick, okay. Excuse me, yes. So getting a safety with the Correct. 17th pick. Correct. Very John Correct. Rudy, Mike <laughs> yes, thank you. Moves. Appreciate that. You know, so, okay. So I feel Trayvon like 100% Merrick. offensive line makes sense there. But I just feel like there's not enough offensive talent right now to to pass on Trayvon Moore. Uh, help me out with his name. Merrick. Merrick, yeah. thank you. Mm. I have an interesting uh, team right here, you know. Miami Dolphins. Looking at Miami, we have our corners set. We just lost Van Noy. What's, what's his name? Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Right. So we just, well, we just cut him. So I, I could feel that need, but I'm, I don't trust in my receivers that well. Okay. I like Devontae Parker. Will Fuller? I like Will Fuller, but he's injury prone. He gets hurt a lot. That's true. So I like, I like, ah, ah, this is, this is a tough pick. Yeah. Once you get to the later picks, it gets hard. I could hard. trade this. I don't really need to pick somebody here. I think I'm going to just have to feel – I, I want to feel that Kyle Van Noy. So I'm going to pick Jeremiah Owusu, at linebacker. Karamoa? Yeah. That's a good young, pick young, right young there. Young gun that's from a good uh, pick Notre right Dame. And, and he could play safety too. So yeah, that's a solid to, pick I for feel, them. I want to fill that spot. I feel like with the team, we don't have many holes. But losing Kyle Van Noy, I feel like I can fill that spot right now. So Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, you stole my pick because if he was there where Washington was picking – Oh, you taking him? I was going to pick him in a heartbeat. For sure. But you made this pick more difficult. <laughs> I'm looking at Rashad Bateman, receiver, but we signed Curtis Samuel. We signed Adam Humphreys. That's scary Terry out there. I'm going to improve this defense, and I'm going J.C. Horn. Mm. Nice J.C. Horn right there. at 19 – Solidify that Washington football team defense even more. They now have William Jackson. They have um, Kendall Fuller. And now J.C. Horn, who has all the potential to be a very great cornerback in the NFL. I think that would be a steal for the football team. That is a really good pick right there. They're going to win our division. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, Cowboys. I wouldn't sleep on them. I would would put the Giants, Giants too. Really? But I'm a Colts fan, though, so we're going to win our division. Can't with you. Can't with you. You know what I'm saying? Can't. All right, so we got the Chicago Bears up. Uh, they need everything. Yes, they so. do need everything. That is a fact. But they made the playoffs last year. Uh, With needing everything, that's pretty impressive to me. So 100%, I feel like after losing Kyle Fuller, I feel like they're going to aim cornerback. Now, this is where it gets hard because, for me personally, I got Caleb Farley as the best corner in this draft mm-hmm. prior to the injury, uh, to his, you know the, the, the issues with his back and everything. So people are a little concerned about that. Then you got Asante Samuel. Now both of them are very impressive. Uh, impressive physically. You got Asante Sammy, who ran a four four five, which is you know that's pretty solid for a wide receiver. Uh, excuse me, for a corner. Uh, but you're not going to keep. The only thing about him that worries me is his size. Uh, but his vertical was pretty good, uh, thirty five inch vertical. But I feel like with here with the with the twentieth pick overall, I feel like Caleb Farley is more than more than okay in, at this position. 
it might be a risk depending on what happens with his back, but I feel like for the position, the value is too high to pass on him. So I'm going to go Caleb Farley, 100%, 20th pick overall. Question. You know what's crazy? I totally forgot Caleb Farley. Fell. Yeah, yeah. I would have definitely De- picked I, him. I believe you. At Washington, at Washington's pick. Bad GM. <laughs> Bad GM. I got a question, guys. All right, so this is merely a question for Chicago because this is my pick. Okay. Oh, this is my boys, too. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. This is my – Um, if say, for example – if Trey Lance falls in Chicago, do you take them? That's a good question. If if Trey Lance falls that far to Chicago, do you say forget it and just take him? Do you want to answer or I'm this for both of you? You can answer first. Okay. I feel like with Dalton as the QB, there's really no risk in drafting another QB. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so Dalton's gonna be a really good teacher for that backup. I feel like whatever happens, Dalton's gonna be the starting quarterback this season. At 20, that value for Trey Lance would be perfect. 100%, I think they would do that. At 20 for Trey Lance, I'd rather go Kellen Mond mm. and draft Mond at 20. Over, over, Trey, over Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. Like, if they're both there, yes. you take Mond. And, he, and if I had Chicago's pick, I might have taken Kellen Mond as well. I might have had another <laughs> shocker there. Uh, but Over Caleb Farley and J.C. Horn? He already forgot about yes. Caleb Farley. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the thing about it is that Trey Lance, I'm— his college tape was very questionable. Mm. And I think he's been receiving a lot of unsolicited hype around him. The same thing that every quarterback has gotten criticized for in the past about having one-year wonders and stuff is the same thing that happened to Trey Lance. He played on the most stacked team in the FCS. He didn't have to do much. Because of that, I question why he is ranked as high as he is to me. He's a day two guy. Like he's a round two guy, a guy that you take a flyer on and is could be a steal in the draft because of his physical traits. But drafting him in the first round and putting that label on him to be your franchise quarterback, I don't know if he can handle that personally. Do you, do you think he reminds you of in terms of what we did with Jalen Hurts? Like a day two guy? Yes. 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 And I think honestly, Jalen Hurts was a better prospect coming out than Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance has just been getting a little bit more hype because Jalen Hurts got labeled as a run first guy who had to develop as a passer, even though he did develop. Mm. We had to see that growth. Okay. You know, when scouts all the time, even though you are this person now, you're this player now, Mm. they still view you from the lens of the the player that you once were. So Trey Lance, 6'4", 225, can run, has a strong arm, but I think he's getting a little bit too hyped for me. And I wouldn't pick him in the first round if I were on the team. Noted. Glad to hear y'all um, opinions. But now on to the Super Bowl uh, contenders. <laughs> so um, we got our guy, Carson Wentz. You know, we're going to build his mechanics, get him right. T.Y. Hilton just came back. So we got him. Michael Pittman Jr., we're expecting the big jump from him. Jonathan Taylor, we're expecting that jump. If T.Y. didn't come back, I swear to God, I was going to pick Rondell Moore. Okay. I was going to pick him. Whoa. Yeah, I was going to go crazy. I ain't gonna lie, I was gonna pick him. But now that I'm looking, we don't need to. So it's like it's we, our team doesn't have many weaknesses. I mean, we we need help at tackle. So, but I think Rashad Bateman being there, I, I'm gonna go take Rashad Bateman. I feel like building that wide receiver core up is still gonna be good with Wentz. He's gonna need all the help he can get. We don't know how he's gonna be, so it, it's gonna be no excuse for him this year. So I'm gonna take Bateman at twenty one. I'm gonna be honest, that's a crazy pick. And that's a crazy pick because I think 
there's a 95% chance they take a tackle or edge rush. I was, you know what was crazy? I was going to take a tackle, but I was like, nah. Yeah. I, I would have took, but I was like, I was going to take Quiddy. Quiddy pay? Yeah. It doesn't, I, it doesn't I don't matter, hate though. the pick, you know but I, I don't agree. Hate it either. I agree. I agree. I, the only reason I say I don't hate it is because you got a small body T.Y. Hilton. Injury prone, too. Injury prone, too. You got Michael Pittman, who's definitely shown potential, but... Still young. You're too. Same thing. I'm not sold on his body type at, for the NFL level, at least. I feel like... Who'd you go again? Bateman, right? Yeah, I went with Shaw. Was he 6'3", right? Something like that? 6'2"? Six, That's a solid big body pick right there. So I, I don't hate it too much, especially with Carson Wentz, who his whole big thing, aside from... Uh, Alshon Jeffrey that he had for a solid, what, year before he, he started to age at an exponential rate. He's going to a tight end yeah, his and, whole life. And then Zach Ertz was getting triple double uh, double teamed almost every other game. So maybe weapons wouldn't be the worst thing to to surround Wentz with. So I don't hate the pick at all. And Tennessee Titans, 22nd pick. You I have a question. It. The Jets are next. Ooh, you want me you to have take to go. This? You got to go. You got to go. You can train. All right. I got you. You got to okay. go. All right. So the Tennessee Titans, this pick's pretty simple to me because – they just lost Corey Davis, they lost Johnny Smith, and they released Adam Humphreys. Mm. Uh, I feel like there's a glaring need on that offense right now to go opposite A.J. Brown, who's obviously a premier wide receiver in the NFL right now. Name it. This guy can do it. Uh, so for me personally, I feel the best complimentary wide receiver for him would be a speed-type wide receiver. So I'm going to go with the guy who ran a 4 3 40 and go Elijah Moore. I feel like that's a very Elijah good pick Moore out of Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yes, sir. Ole Miss has produced some great wide receivers. That's a fact. Brown, DK, DK and AJ. So, you know, Elijah Moore. Some ring on the There you go. The Ole Miss boys right? out there. Yeah, suck. So the Jets. <laughs> We're winning the division. The New York Jets at pick 23. So we can go edge rusher. I think get the best edge rusher in the draft in Jalen Phillips. I think this would be a hell of a pick. But I. Carl Lawson is there, and I like John Franklin Myers, even though he could be a rotational edge rusher and still do damage. We could go Tevin Jenkins and solidify the right side of that offensive yeah, line and have Tevin Jenkins and Makai Becton. Or we can get Greg Newsom the second, who's a perfect scheme fit. So I'm making the 23rd pick <laughs> off the basis that the guy who I also want to get is going to be there in the second round. Okay. And because of that, is that an is that an edge rusher? No. Okay. Yeah, he's because of that, I think Greg Newsom the second could be there at the top of the second. I agree. Okay. So um, you're gonna, you're gonna so bank because on it. of that, I'm getting Tevin Jenkins because when you look at the teams ahead of that are picking here, Pittsburgh needs an offensive tackle. Um, the Jaguars could use a tackle as well. The Ravens could as well if Orlando Brown, who knows what happens with him, and the Kansas City Chiefs. They could use a tackle, too. So because of that, I'm not going to take a risk, and I'm going to draft Tevin Jenkins here, and I think he would be a great addition to the offensive line. Question. <clears throat> this is for you, young man. Uh, Quiddy Pay, Jason Owa, Jalen Phillips. Pull them in order. Best to worst. Phillips, Pay, Owa. Now put in potential. Phillips, Pay, Owa. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. My pick. It's my go? Yeah, it's your go. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Ah, okay, here we go. Big Ben, he's coming back. We need a tackle. We need a guard. So, ah, I'm sure. I feel like our defense is already set in stone. I think I'm just going to take Walker Little from Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to rock with that guy, man. 
We need to tackle. I would have picked QB, but I don't know Kellerman like you. And Big Ben is gone after this year. So you picked Walker Little out of Stanford. Now, the next pick is me, Jacksonville Jaguars. So for me, they need a tight end. I would go Pat Frayermuth here, but I think he's going to be there in the top of the second. I think the Jaguars could take him there. Um, this is a hard pick for me because they need a lot of different positions. They already have their edge rusher solidified in Calavion Ch- Chason and Josh Allen. So for me, I'm going to go with Sam Cosme. I'm going Sam Cosme, getting another tackle, uh, because you don't know how longer Cam Robinson is going to be there. So I think Sam Cosme being the pick, I think that's a good pick for the Jaguars. Okay. From Texas? Yes, sir. Okay, so we got the Cleveland Browns up next. Bucks. And for me, I think, you know, they, they definitely helped themselves out by signing John 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 Johnson in this offseason. I feel like that was definitely a need of theirs, and they went out and they got the best safety available. So I feel like right now their biggest need is an edge rusher. Now, they signed Tack McKinley, and when I was on the show last time, I was a big supporter of, of the signing with Tack McKinley. Wasn't Jadavion expecting Clowney. to be – and they picked up Jadavian Clowney too, so that's a big pickup. But Jadavian Clowney did not live up to the expectation – that he was supposed to do, uh, that he was supposed to to have on on the Titans last season. So I feel like I'm going to go edge rusher here. Now, this is between Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips. This is hard. I think I'm leaning Jalen Phillips. But I'm going to be biased to my Michigan boys and go Quiddy Pay. You're a Michigan fan? Yes, sir. Come on. Rock out. Come on, uh, Jabril. Come on, Jersey. That being said, Quiddy Pay with my 26th selection. I'm so glad that you picked Quiddy Pay because that means the Ravens are going to get a steal when they draft Jalen Phillips. I'm running to the draft it's board. And I'm, oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. Now I have a question. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you really believe that the Ravens do anything other than wide receiver? Yes, they need an edge rusher. They lost Matt Judon. That's fair, but. That is fair. It's I'm not going that way, though. I yeah, hate this such I guy. agree. They need a receiver with some heights of jumping ability. They just need somebody out there, and I'm I I was gonna go Terrence Marshall, but then you freaking took him. Damn, that totally just blo- so then you better not pick Rondell Moore. He's like five seven. No, I was gonna go edge after, and the guy I'm gonna take now is Jalen Phillips. I think I was gonna go Terrence Marshall Jr. You took him earlier because you're a clown. So what team did Terrence Marshall go to? In the in our mock right here, it doesn't show our picks. Oh, he you got to slot up. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Arizona. Arizona. That was surprising to me. Yeah. Because I, I think, think they need a thing. corner. Pretty they bad, especially with too. Pat Pete going to Minnesota. They could go corner too. So now New Orleans Saints, Man, they're definitely. Yeah, that hurts. The Saints are definitely going wide receiver here. And I'm glad that you picked Jalen Phillips, even though I would have picked them too. That's a great pick. I'm glad you stole my pick too. Look, I'm, I, I'm going to go Kadarius Tony out of Florida, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Pair him up with Mike Thomas. Kadarius Tony reminds me a lot of Debo Samuel, and I think he's going to be a really good fit in that New Orleans Saints offense. Buffalo. So now Andrew has the 29th pick, the oh. Green Bay Packers. Who okay, are they selecting? So this actually works out perfect because in my Mac, my my Mac, my mock, I have the Green Bay Packers going Rondell Moore. So now. This makes it very easy for me. That's who I'm going <laughs> oh, with. Oh, man. 100%. Five, seven. The thing is, when you got a guy like Devontae Adams, who's a big body type receiver, his route, his route running is obviously the best part about him, but he can still go up and, and catch a ball. So the biggest problem to, to opposite of 
of Devontae Adams has always been a burner who really doesn't have hands. Now, you got a guy 5'7", he ran a 4'2'9", dude's vertical leap is 42 inches and a half. He, he's a freak athlete. He you, is. And you give him Aaron Rodgers, this guy's... Ba- he, what I'm saying is this guy sounds like a baby reek. Like, this guy's... I mean, you run a 4'2", Tyreek Hill. Whoa. 5'7", I mean... Okay. One more. Tyreek's not that tall. Dude has hops out the gym. I, mean, I don't think he's 5'9", he's five five nine, nine. though. He's 5'9". Okay. Like two, 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 two inches. So you run what? Even st- Listen, I'm not concerned. Listen, do, pick him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick Rondell out of Purdue. That being said, I'm surprised you guys feel this way. 5'7's really that much. Like, with Aaron Rodgers, he can make anyone good. Like, he's made Marquez Valdez-Scanling usable. He can be good On the Google, catch. he's listed 5'9". But at the combine, it, said five, it was seven. two inches Correct. shorter. He's 5'7". He lied about his height because he knows it's a big concern. Mm. That's a crazy pick. That's crazier than Terrace Marshall Jr. to Arizona. You think so? He's good after the why, catch. Why so? I feel like the Packers really don't need much other than, I mean, they probably could take another tackle, especially with Bakhtiari tearing his ACL. I understand the tackle need there. But they need a wide receiver. Marquez Valdez-Scanley has done absolutely nothing these last few seasons. You had uh, uh, Geronimo Allison, who was really nothing. Uh, <laughs> Equinemia St. Brown, who was really nothing. Alan Lazard showed flashes, but it's of course because he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Four two nine speed. You don't get that every draft. Not at all. I, I'm just not sold on his height. I just think that's very concerning. <laughs> There's been I small receivers this, be successful. If it was, name one. That's Tyree five Kill. seven. That's five seven though. We got to go with How tall was Wes height. Welker? Like 5'10". He was 5'9". Oh, 5'9". Yeah. Wes Welker was tall. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm, listen, you guys are laughing. I feel pretty good about no, this listen, pick, listen, especially man. with Aaron Rodgers as the QB. That's that's the mo- number one reason why I'm not concerned about it. I feel like I it's the perfect fit. is his height. Oh, no, 100%. That's definitely the only concern to me. But I feel like fit-wise, it's perfect. You got- I, think, I think Rondell Moore is a guy who will be a great Return man, okay. I don't know like about a trend, trend and holiday if, type. I think he'll end up like Tavon Austin. No, I think more like uh, I think yeah, but a better Tavon Austin. Personally, for me, I think the Packers should go linebacker here okay. or corner. Okay, you know, getting a Greg Newsom the second here, maybe an Asante Samuel or going Jamin Davis. Uh, I personally wouldn't draft Rondell Moore until the second round. I'd even draft Creed Humphrey. Here, okay, fill that hole at center. But Rondell Moore, I can respect that. His look, his combine measurements are off the charts. That's, you know, his, for his sure, his testing was off the charts. But I just think it's very worrisome being five seven. <laughs> That's fair enough. I just think it's worrisome. Okay, in the NFL. okay. Even Steve Smith, one of the greatest smaller receivers, was taller than him. Mm. You I'm not people. saying he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I know. I'm not you, the way either. you guys are making it is like I'm saying this guy's first ballot. This guy could definitely be serviceable, especially when you have Devontae Adams to the opposite side of you. That's, of course, if he gets taken. Young Devontae. It's my so turn. it's your pick. Yeah, well, I, um, you know, this is, my last, Bills. this is my last pick of the first round. And listen, watching the Bills last year, their quarterback was their best runner. That's no good. And with, with oh, a, hell no. With I know a, where you're going. With a, <laughs> with a team like you're this. You're with this? Yes. With a team like this, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at it, and I, I feel like, Going running back would be the would be the the right move here, but I feel like I need somebody else to slot next to Tredarius White too. So I feel like I can go corner here too, but okay. I also need an edge. So it's like it's a, I could go, ah, ah, it's it's I could go 
both ways, but I think I'm gonna go Greg Newsom second. I think I'm gonna have to. I think filling up that secondary with Hey Poirier. man, if you want to go Najee Harris, you could go. Don't let my opinion sway you. Nah, if I would want to go running back. You can. I go. feel like I can get a running back in the second round. Okay. So I feel like I, I, Greg Newsom is gonna be gone early in the first. I think getting him to slide over there with your Davis White is gonna be good. So I'm gonna I think, take him. I think if the Bills miss out on a running back this draft, they're not getting Naj- in this round. Excuse me, they're not getting Najee. They're not getting Javante. They're not getting uh, Travis Etienne. I don't think they need a big they name. They can get Michael Carter, though. But I, don't, I don't think they need a big name. I think with them being so... With but what jo- do they need? They just need a running back in the corner. What do they really need? They in just went opinion, to the AFC a, chip, man. They're a pass-heavy offense, so I think they need another guy who could probably be a third-round running back. They still got Singletary there, too. But Singletary's too slow. That's true. So maybe they can go um, Kametric Felton. Later on in the draft. Okay. But I think here, if it were my pick, Greg Newsom is a great pick. It is a really good pick. Um, I'm just wondering why you were yeah, wondering. On. Like, you know, because like, I think Najee Harris, I would I wouldn't take a running back in the first round. I don't think there's a running back talent to go this high in the first round. And I think if there is one, it's Travis Etienne. Because of his pass catching ability? Yes. Okay. I think he he's better than Najee Harris. He slept on me. So on me. <laughs> but I don't think anybody's taking running back in the first round in this draft. Even Maybe, what about the Steelers? Three, Steelers they need a tackle still. They do need yeah. a tackle, but would it surprise me if they took a, a bruiser like Najee Harris? They need a it wouldn't surprise gonna, me. That's what I'm saying. I have him in my mock as taking Najee. I agree. Fair enough. So now the Kansas City Chiefs, listen, like right now, <laughs> this is a hard pick because they need a tackle. The Kansas City Chiefs do. And right now, Dylan Radins is on the board and... Honestly, nobody, no other tackle outside of maybe Jackson Carmen is on the board that I'd really take this high. So, in my opinion, I can't believe this guy it fell this far. And because of that, I'm taking him. I'm going Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Mm. I think you told me to name the top three guys in terms of potential, but in terms of potential, Gregory Rousseau is probably him. up there. But you told me top three between I did, I did, Phillips, right, right. Owe, and Pay. I think Rousseau, if you mentioned his name, he might have been up there with Phillips. Getting him at pick 31, Frank Clark has not met expectations. I think Rousseau has all the <clears throat> ability and physical traits to be a, a very good edge rusher and be productive day one with the Chiefs. Okay, so that that leaves the last pick round. in the mock draft for Pick a Side Podcast. You have the last pick. Yes, sir, of course. Talk to me. So I feel like Buccaneers right now, they got a perfect lineup in my opinion. They really don't have many holes. The only one that really speaks to me would be addressing the tackle opposite of Tristan Wirfs. Now, Tristan Wirfs broke into the, to the league last year. He was one of the best uh, rookie talents uh, of the 2020 class. But I feel like they need someone opposite of him. Now... I had the Chiefs go and tackle for sure. It kind of surprised me with that pick, but, you know, it definitely makes sense. I would have. Yeah. Sam Cosme or Tevin Jenkins were there. Fair enough. Okay. So I had the Chiefs actually going Alex Leatherwood, Alabama tackle. So I feel, but I also, I have Jalen Mayfield, and I can't find him on my on my board right now. It's probably too low. <laughs> so you have you have the Bucks going Jalen Mayfield? I, right now, with, with the way that my mock ended up going, yeah, Jalen Mayfield okay. opposite of Tristan Wirfs. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna so go. Jalen Ma- Leatherwood. Le- what I say, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, that that's why. Dude, how far is this guy? You know what? Yeah, I, I'm gonna take Alex Leatherwood with the 32nd pick of the draft. Yeah, I got a malfunction. Can't find him. In my opinion, I think that the Bucks 
can go in so many directions. I don't think they need a tackle because Wirfs, Donovan Smith, they're fine. Okay. But I, I could understand because Donis, Donovan Smith is on the older side. Mm. Christian Barrymore sliding this far would have been a mm. home run selection. Okay. But I can respect that Alex Leatherwood. Or, they brought back Nindamakin too, correct? Yes. And Vita Every, Vea saw on the squad, right? Yes, everybody's back. Where, that's yeah. the only sure reason. JB. And they still got, they got JPP. They got, uh, my God, the best one out of all of them, Shaq Barrett. Yep. So that's why I, I really wasn't looking on D-line. But I understand what you're saying, for sure, because you got Vita Vea is definitely getting up there. You don't know if Nindamakin Sue did he sign a one year or a two year? Nindamakin Sue. We could look that up quick, but that being said, I feel like that four is too good to be messed with right now. So that's why I wanted to to go O line, especially when you got a forty three year old Brady. You want to give him the best O line possible. So now let's recap the draft. Let's do it, man. So Trevor Lawrence first pick A plus grade to the Jaguars. Zach Wilson to the Jets A plus grade second pick. Justin Fields to the Niners. No, he's giving them. An A-plus pick. Kyle Pitts to number four, the Atlanta Falcons. That was an A-pick. Go to to leaderboard. Jamar Chase to the Bengals, fifth pick, was an A-pick. Panay Sewell to the Dolphins, A. Devontae Smith to the Lions, A. Rashawn Slater to the Panthers. They gave this a D-minus. PFF did. How do you know this? this? I have it here. I can't see it. It's the draft grade. They have the draft grade here. How do you see that? Yeah. So they gave Rashawn Slater a D minus. You did that. I did that. I don't know why. This that 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 would be a great pick. I agree. Micah Parsons to Denver at nine B plus. Packers to ten the second B plus at ten. Mac Jones eleven F? A plus. Wow. Gray. All right, Brody. Okay. 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 Yo, Mac Jones. Jalen Waddle to the Eagles A. Elijah Vera Makes Tucker sense. to the Chargers A minus. Christian Darrisaw to the Vikings A. Trey Lance to the Patriots, A+. Oh, Terrace okay. Marshall Jr. to the Cardinals. They gave my pick a D. <laughs> so Trayvon Merrick, A-plus to the Raiders. Jeremiah Wusakuromoa, A to the um, Dolphins. J.C. Horn, a solid B to the football team. Kayla Farley, an A-great to Chicago. Rashad Bateman right to the Colts, A. Elijah Moore to the Titans, A. Tevin Jenkins to the Jets, C-. minus. Oh. Walker. They were harsh on you. Yeah, you know, PFF's going to be wrong. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. All my, I forgot. All you, my picks are going to be solid NFL guys wherever they I'm win. with you. Walker Little, 24th pick, Steelers, B+. Plus. Sam Cosme, Ooh. 25th pick, B+. Plus. Quiddy Pay, B-plus to the Browns. Jalen Phillips, B-plus to the Ravens. Kadarius Toney, B-plus to the Saints. Rondell Moore, an F. <laughs> now I'm playing. Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore, B plus of the Packers. Greg Newsome, the second, A grade to the Bills. Gregory Russo, B plus of the Chiefs. And Alex Leatherwood, D grade to the Bucks. B grade or D? D. Ouch. Damn. Sorry, how'd to, to have a bad one? At- I heard a lot of A's from my side. I'm good. You feel me? I'm good. <laughs> Oh, that was fun, man. So that was the mock draft. I don't know how long this ran. You can probably look over there on the podcast. 54 minutes. 54 minutes was how long the mock draft was. So we all went. We all gave who we'd pick on the draft. So before we move on to the next segment, I need somebody to go to that camera and click the record button on the left side of where I'm sitting from the camera on. It's a little red record button. If River knows where it is, he'll probably go and hit it. It's on the right side. It was my left. There's a little red button. Okay, now we're good. 
So now it's recording. I wasn't recording that whole time, but we've been streaming, so it's fine. Okay. So now on to this. Uh, we're going to do a short question. We're implementing something new in the podcast. It's short questions throughout the show. It's not going to be an entire segment. It's going to be a short question. So the short question uh, now is, how do you like the Cincinnati Bengals' new uniforms? We have them up on the screen. The Bengals... I didn't know they were coming out with the new uniforms. This shocked me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have said that these look really nice. I want to have your takes on it. Do you like these new Bengals uniforms that we see think, up on the screen right now? Yeah, you know, I've been a Bengals fan for a very long time. Seen, uh, I just being an AJ Green fan, I haven't seen the ups and downs and the lows of the jerseys. But th- these remind me of the old uh, the jerseys they have the all whites with the little black uh-huh. scars on okay. the side. Okay, I like these. I think these is real fire. Shows a new direction, the new path that they're going on. I'm really messing with these jerseys, especially those orange ones. They fire. Now, I was going to say, those black ones stand out. That black on black is tough. I love how they have the, the bangle claw on uh on each side of the shoulder pads. Now, these jerseys are mad tough. That or- they that- win with these jerseys. Listen, they got, they got a nice roster. Nah, but these jerseys are nice. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. At first glance on these jerseys, I wasn't very impressed. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it is because I think every NFL team that has come out with new jerseys, they look very similar. You look at the mm-hmm. Jets when they came out with their, theirs. You can't tell me this does not look similar to the Jets jersey. They're just different colors. Yep. Every team has all black jerseys now. It used to be a few select teams. The 49ers were like the first team to implement the all black scheme. Then the Ravens. There were a few teams, but now every single team has it. So there isn't that really pizzazz factor like oh they're one of the only ones so i have to say i think the jersey i like the most are the orange ones i'll be honest i think the bengals old uniforms that they were just wearing are 10 times better than these ones but i don't white is fire but i don't think these jerseys are bad that orange on white is i think they're 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 good jerseys but i would i would rate it from a scale to one to ten i think these are a good seven okay i give them 8.8 type of man i am Listen, I like them, man. That black on black looks crazy. I'm going to give them a solid eight. Solid eight? Solid eight. Okay, so guys, right now, rate your rate what you think the Bengals jerseys are. One out of ten. Do you guys, do you think these are bad? Do you think these are good? Obviously, ten being the best, one being the worst, or if you want to go super critical, then zero. <laughs> <laughs> now, on to the basketball talk. We're going to start this show this. off with the New York Knicks. Okay. The New York Knicks have made me insanely happy. (laughs) And the question is, do they deserve more credit for how great they have been playing? The Knicks have been on an eight-game win streak. They're 33-27. and They are currently the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Julius Randle against the Hawks had his third 40-point game of the season. He's averaging 24-10-6 for the year. Rosen quickly had 20 points each off the bench, combining for 40 against the Hawks. We have one of the best defenses in the entire NBA. RJ, big leap, averaging 17 points per game, shooting 39% from the three. And seven Knicks this season are averaging in double figures. Randall, Barrett, Rose, Burks, Payton, Bullock, and quickly. Noel, a great shot blocker. Mitch is still hurt. He's been carrying the load so far. Obi has been getting better defensively. And I'm going to say this. Everybody counted us, count us out. I'll be honest. I, 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 this is 
I'll come straight because I'm I'm a very honest person when it comes to my takes that I say, especially on the podcast. I don't cheat the fans out of what I say. In the offseason, I did say the storyline of the season was tank for Cade, as everybody thought it was going to be. The reason I said that was because after David Fisdale, Mike Miller, and seeing a plethora of Julius Randle spins, <laughs> I, I felt, I really felt torn about the Knicks. I love the Tom Thibodeau hiring. I even said it when we first talked about it, but I didn't know how good they were going to be. When you have a starting lineup of Alfred Payne, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel, in hindsight, let's take ourselves back to that time. That doesn't sound like a good starting lineup. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. But the way this team has been playing has shocked everybody, has shocked me. And back to the question, they definitely deserve credit and praise for how they've been playing. You want to know why? Last year, when David Fisdale gets fired, another coach who loses his job, oh, it's 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 better for Fisdale that he got out of the Knicks because the Knicks are a train wreck. All of this other stuff, bashing the Knicks, saying the Knicks are the ones that are the problems. Leon Rose comes in, hires Thibodeau. We draft well. Emmanuel quickly, they his grade for the draft was a D. He's probably one of the best rookies right now. And all the media is talking about is Zion to the Knicks. They're not talking about Randall. Randall should be in the MVP conversation, first of all. They're not talking about Randall. They're not talking about RJ. They're not talking about anything about the Knicks unless it's a big superstar name. And then Knicks fans get blamed when that said superstar doesn't come to the Mecca. Zion is in his second year of his rookie contract. Stop talking about Zion to the Knicks. That's like three, four years away if it happens. Why are we talking about it now? They have to be taught, the media and everybody has to be talking about how the Knicks have been playing, not these other external storylines. Because if we, right now, based on the standings, if we face the Atlanta Hawks in the first round, we will be a second round team 100%. The Knicks have the brightest future in the NBA. They they have the brightest future of any team in the NBA. You want to know why? When the Nets got KD and Kyrie the year before. They were the sixth seed, right? Everybody praised them for the culture they were building. The year before, they won 20 games. But then they took a big leap. The Knicks, the year before Thibodeau, won 20 games. Now, taking a big leap, we're getting praise for our culture. You see that culture Thibodeau's building, Leon Rose's building. If the Nets weren't that good that year, and the Knicks, if they swap places... There is no question superstars will be coming to New York. Mm-hmm. Now that the Knicks are winning, superstars will be coming to New York. The Nets got two superstars being a sixth seed. The Knicks are the fourth seed. You do the math. Which one is better? Four is better. We are going to get superstars coming to New York begging to play in New York very soon. And if Julius Randle keeps up on this trajectory, we already have one in Randle. So we just have to add another one and we're up there the Knicks have the brightest future of any team in the NBA. And the Knicks, when they are functional, there is no other team a star player would rather go than the Mecca. Simple as that. That was a pretty great monologue. What do you think? It was solid. A-plus, bro. Yeah, I'll give you an A-plus. If I was a teacher, you would You really drew me in, bro. No, honestly, honest. I was tuned in. A um, couple things. 
Julius Randle definitely deserves to be in the MVP conversation for what he's been doing in the season. He's definitely been dominating. He's put the team on his back. He's shown the improvements in his playmaking, his jump shot, his defense. He's been locked in on defense, and that's a credit to Tom Thibodeau. Like you said, Emmanuel, quickly, he's been a spark off the bench getting D-rolls. I think it was huge for you guys. He's been incredible. To say they're the bright, they have the brightest future in the league, though, it's, it's a stretch. You know, I think you guys have the coach. I think that's really what's separating you from a lot of teams, you know, but you look at these other teams like Memphis, you know, Atlanta, you know, those I, I would probably put I wouldn't put the Pelicans in your position because they're losers. You guys are winning at the moment. But like looking at you guys, Memphis, Atlanta, the three, even Charlotte, you know, young teams that are in the playoffs right now making a hunt. I think what's the difference between you guys and them is your coaching. I think Tom Thibodeau makes that difference. I think he's been the key bringing in that defensive culture that defensive mind into the mecca and turn you guys into one i think i personally think the best defensive team in the league you guys are definitely going to be a scary team in the playoffs and i do i do believe that the knicks should get more credit but if you look at bleach reports sports they, they post the same things they're, they're not going to post you guys and it, they should because you're you're the mecca you're in new york they should be posting you guys but i do agree that you guys definitely deserve some credit you're getting wins that i think you shouldn't even be in but you guys have been resilient you've been coming back you've been even on poor shooting nights, you've shown the versatility, the mindset, and the defensive work to get back in the game. And when even I was watching that Atlanta game the other day. You were you, down. Yeah, you were down. You were fighting. You were fighting. And that's that's what you need in young guys to be successful. And I think with your also all them young guys, learning this now is going to help them down the path. Call me crazy. I feel like I've been hearing a lot about the Knicks on social media. Every media platform is talking about the Knicks. Really? Once they once they got a six game win streak, oh Knicks, are they back? Is this New York's team? Is Julius Randle most improved? Is Julius Randle the MVP? Are they a real? Are they the best defensive team in the NBA? How, how much more credit do we want to give them? Listen, I respect what they're oh. doing. <laughs> Eight games is an amazing feat, especially for what they have experienced these last few years. You look at these eight games. Toronto, impressive win. You got L.A. Wait, were you being sarcastic when you said that? N- not at all. Oh, yeah. uh, Toronto's got a good squad. I mean, definitely could be better. They're definitely beat up. Yeah. That being said, they still beat a good squad in Toronto. A beat up L.A. New Orleans. They're definitely they're not playing to potential, but that's a solid win. Mavericks another solid win. New Orleans again. Charlotte, Atlanta. So of the eight, I'm impressed with three of those wins. <laughs> So which ones are you impressed with? I'm I'm impressed with that Atlanta win, especially because that's you know, that's a conference game. You know, for seeding purposes, that's a huge win for you guys. Dallas is one of the better teams in the I wouldn't say one of the better, but they're definitely a solid team in the NBA right now. And I would say I'm imp- I'm impressed with one one of these two Pelicans wins. Because that Pelicans roster is extremely talented. So Charlotte isn't a more impressive win. Not, no, not Lamello, without Lamelo. Hayward played either. Yeah, and Hayward's out too. Even without him, they've been fine though. They've been winning. But it's not Lamelo and and Gordon Hayward on that squad. Beat them either. Too. I mean, I, and, and, hindsight and, and, is twenty twenty. I don't think you guys would beat Atlanta in the in the series. Yes, we would. I I I, 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 I agree not, with you. I'm not willing to put that as a hundred percent. And Trey Young I, just yeah. got hurt too, so who knows what's happening there? High I, ankle sprain. He has to wait till it swells now. I understand why you I don't think, even think the, Nick, the Knicks have been getting too much credit. First, not too, I'm not saying they've been getting too much credit. I'm saying how much more credit do we want to give them? Sorry for misinterpreting you. I understand why you say that. You live in the tri-state area. <laughs> you, you follow mo- mo- most people you follow are probably Knicks fans. That's a that fact, space, right? Also, I know that you want 
the media to talk about LeBron 24 7. Here he goes. Yeah. Now so he's trying to belittle, he's agree. Trying to belittle my, my. I 100% agree with my, you. My, my argument by bringing you, up my love LeBron for LeBron. Yeah. That, that, listen, I'm not blinded to the real facts of the NBA. I'm, I'm acknowledging Julius Randle is a premier player in the NBA. No, 100%. I understand. That, but, but I'm saying this. I personally haven't seen the love for the Knicks. Personally. I remember when we first were winning, we were on a little bit of a winning streak. Okay. And on Twitter, somebody who's very known on Knicks Twitter, Mario, uh, he put up, he put, he's, Seb, he's Sebastian's friend. He actually sold me Knicks tickets once too. That's he right. posted a video of people celebrating outside of Madison Square Garden after a win. It went viral. And all anybody commented on it was, oh, they're so happy about a first round exit. Now we're not talking about first round exits. Now we're talking about second round appearances, right? Um, you know, I don't want to cut you off because it's funny you mentioned that video. Because just today I saw a video of after the next after that, that eighth, was another one, hundred percent. They're the only team that gets their fans recorded and and enjoying their celebration. Of course, it's because you know they've had some struggles in the past. But what other franchise are you seeing their their fans unless it's a championship? It's the Knicks, a hundred percent. That's the only team that you see something like that. Because for. I think we have the most passionate fan base. Oh, I agree. I'm not taking that away from you guys at all. You guys are the number. When it comes to basketball, there's no other you team guys that are legit a first round exit. No, we're not. No, nah, they're not. They're, they're not. Round. They're not. I'm, I'm gonna say this, and part of me feels Watch. Hold on. part of me feels very sad sometimes when I get on the podcast and talk about the Knicks. Because I wish there was a bigger Knicks fan base that we had of you in the podcast, mm-hmm. so I could have more Knicks fans defending me. If you're a Knicks fan, drop it down in the comments below. But shout out to Sim. I think they haven't been getting enough credit, mm-hmm. and I think people are finally starting to notice the Knicks are back. You know, we for are sure. winning. We are a team that's for real. You talk about how we don't. How do we not have a brighter future than the Memphis Grizzlies? I'm gonna tell the you Grizzlies why. to to be a premier contender. They have to draft well and cannot mess up on anything. They will not get any star free agents going to Memphis. The Knicks will. The Knicks will. But they've been saying that for don't, years. Don't, sorry, but it's sorry. different it's now. This, I it, got it this. Is, it is. Let but me say this. Even when Melo was there, you said you you're talking about they'll have to draft well. The Memphis Grizzlies are in the West dueling with top teams in the West. You're in the East as a fourth seed. I'm not going to knock that. That is a great accomplishment. Memphis already has a star. John Morant. Jaron Jackson. He's an upcoming star. They have you. What are you scoffing at What are you there? scoffing at? John Morant is not a star. Oh, he's a good wow. player. He's a great. Is, if, you, if, is, you're gonna, if you're going to say R.J. Barrett, Barrett is, if you're going to say R.J. Barrett is a star, I will go to the grave that Who's John Morant is better, John Morant or Julius Randle? Oh, no. Julius Randle. Come no, on. No question. No question. He's a okay. star, though. Is he not? R.J. Barrett has more potential than no. John Morant. He that has is a incorrect. That, he, is, that no, is incorrect. No, yes, yes no. it is correct. It's incorrect. It's I'm correct. sorry, dude. No, it's not, man. Ja's more athletic than he is. The Grizzlies are 29 and 28. We have 33 wins. You're in the East. They're in the West. We've beaten West teams before. This is, so that's the card yeah, you want to play? We beat the Pelicans twice. Bro, they have... But, you beat the... What, yeah, what, <laughs> Come on, What bro. are they in the seedings? Are you, do you have it pulled up right now or no? The Pelicans? The Pelicans. They're pretty they're close like, to the Grizzlies, I'll tell you that. I, I, I'll pull it right now. I'm trying to look... I have I have the Knicks schedule up right here. I'm looking up impressive wins. The Se- Pelicans have 25 wins. The Grizzlies have 29. How many do you have? We have 33. So you have four more than them, and they have four more than the team you just said. I'll be honest. To. I'm looking at the entire schedule. Your most impressive win against the West 
was an injured Lakers team and Dallas. That's only the eight-game win streak. No, I'm looking at the entire season. Hey, look. The Grizzlies have shown the ability to draft well in the past couple no years. No doubt. They've shown the ability. Now, they might not get the biggest free agents, but I'm there's there is no guarantee. In terms of free agency, the Knicks will win. 100%. New York, Mecca, you know, the Big Apple, Madison Square Garden. In terms of free, in terms of free agency, the Knicks will beat Memphis 10 times out of 10. But we haven't you guys haven't shown us the ability in a while to go into free agency and pick up free agents. It's been a long time for that. I'm I'm willing to gamble on the Grizzlies drafting well than you guys picking up a free agent. The Nets That's the hot. Nets before they got Katie and Kyrie have not been known to get big stars either. That's true. It's about that culture. And the Knicks now setting that culture, Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau, a bunch of good uh, coaches on the staff are core already. I'm going to be honest. I'm taking this Knicks core of Randall, RJ, Emmanuel quickly. I think OB, he hasn't been great this year, but he's he's going to blossom in his second year. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Mitchell Robinson, I'm saying our young core isn't far from Memphis's. We're probably the same. Not only that, we're going to get star free agents and be such an attractive market for guys. You can say we're going to, but you've you've talked you've talked us into this offseason. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this for a very long time, and it just you haven't done it. Do you think your guys' future is better than the Pelicans, talent wise? Yes. I can't agree. What the hell? You got Lonzo, you got Brandon Ingram, you got Zion. I think Emmanuel Quigley will be a better player than Lonzo. I'm out. I disagree. Lonzo is just flashed this year. I'm out. Quickly has been is day one productive. Quickly was quickly was wait wait wait. Quickly came out as a junior. Lonzo came out as a freshman. You're comparing somebody who came out as a junior to somebody who came out as a freshman. He's a 19 year old in the NBA. And think about what Lonzo does on the court, man. He passes the ball very efficiently, very well. His rebounding's very good. His steals are up there with the best of them. His defense is up there with the best point guards in the league. Lonzo two year, is two years older. No, yeah, 100%. Okay. But you're, you're making it seem like like Lonzo has been in this league. He, he Just because I get it. Quickly can score. We know that. Quickly is a scorer. He's off Inconsistently. But that being said, he can score. I'm he not hating on score, him. But Lonzo especially does as a so much on the basketball court. I agree. And it's not just about scoring. Like He plays defense. He's a great rebounder in his position. He's the a same, great playmaker. The same thing that you're, that you're hyping up Lonzo for. All it's these things. It's real facts. To an extent, it's, I like Lonzo. It's real facts. But I, I like Lonzo. Better than but the but the same things mm-hmm. that you're praising Lonzo right. for, how come those same factors you don't attribute to R.J. Barrett? You bash R.J. Barrett at every great, stopping and turn. He's not a great ball handler. He's not a great shooter. He's improved. Thirty nine percent is just is better than Lonzo Ball. I didn't no. say. I didn't say. But did I just say Lonzo's a great shooter? I didn't say that. He's taking a big leap this year, though. I didn't say that. I did R. not. R.J. Barrett that. rebounder, phenomenal defender. I wouldn't say phenomenal. Yeah, he is a phenomenal he's defender. Great. He's not phenomenal. No, he's, he's not phenomenal. even Lonzo's shooting 40% from three this Got him. year. Got him. How many years has he been in the No, we're not doing that. That's not what I'm saying. And he's taken a huge, significant leap this year. 39%, 40%, that's really even to me. Listen, it's regardless. Look at career it's, but, and, but we're going overall. I'm just saying, overall. RJ probably takes more. Yeah, I agree. That being said, there's games where I've seen Lonzo jack up eight, make, make five. I've seen games from Lonzo do it. Once he gets hot, he's draining them. It's when he's cold. Obviously, it's not close. That being said, this year he's been pretty consistent. Back to your playoff. The take. only person that's le- that's elevating the Pelicans is that core. Is Zion. Is Zion. And what about Brandon Ingram? 
He's not better than Julius Randle. Even his potential but, is not uh, better listen, than Julius I'm, I'm going to talk the best player on, on the Pelicans. Okay, but Zion's Zion. better than Julius Randle. Exactly. And Brandon Ingram's that, way better than I wouldn't RG argue right that. Now. I wouldn't argue that. Don't I know even, Ingram is better, but potential-wise, I'm taking RJ over Ingram. Of course you are. You're a Knicks fan. No, I just think if you look at it objectively, you look at RJ's second year, Ingram's second year, RJ's better than Ingram. It took till he had LeBron okay, to really you, blossom. If you're going to do that, then you can, you have to add the circumstance. You can't just say somebody's second year compared to somebody's second year. When RJ Bear had a second year, Tom Thibodeau walked into the picture. He had a great coach. Brandon Ingram was playing with a bunch of young studs. I don't even remember. Was it Luke Walton? Uh, entry. Um, uh, jar, uh, oh, my Who God. Who was their coach Gar- the second something year? Something entry. Will I'm Brandon blanking. Ingram ever be a, a great two-way player? Oh, you're player? talking in the Lakers. It was Walton. Yeah. Um, will he ever be a, as good as a defender that RJ is now? But I don't think RJ Barrett will ever be as great of a scorer as Brandon Ingram. I agree with that. I don't think he'll ever get I that skill. I think RJ can offense. average 24 a game. <laughs> Honestly, he's How, at 17. He's at 18 right now. Why can't he average 24? I think if you guys His get a star, he won't league. average 24, though. I mean, who who's not to say that RJ can blossom into that? He can definitely do so, it. So, hypothetically, let's say you guys get De'Aaron Fox. Right, that'd be a what huge. No, hell? I don't want De'Aaron Fox. Why not? Why would you I want De'Aaron Fox? I have quickly. What the, De'Aaron Fox is way better. De'Aaron than Fox is one of I the best get, guards in the league. Look, if, if the Knicks are getting a superstar, we're getting Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. You think we're getting Mr. Silent is going to go to the Mecca? He wanted to go there before. If they, he that was one of his options. What? That's what he no, told you? It was, or that's it, what was, it was Toronto, L.A., L.A. Yeah. Yes, but the Knicks, they were in some talks as well. Oh, that's what, that's what you said or that's what he said? No, there were some stories about it. I'm going you off believe, reports, oh, oh, In terms of Kawhi, you're going to believe stories. All right, so Kawhi, Zion. What else are you believe? Kawhi, Zion, Darren Fox. Rank of who are you? Who would you rather have? One, two, three. Kawhi, one. I don't want De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> what is, why? He averages 28. What a bad team, though. They suck. They I don't want, but he I don't is still De'Aaron nasty. Fox. I don't want De'Aaron Fox. I, I, Zion, of course, but that's like not even close. That's not even nearby. You know, I think the no, Knicks, I agree. The I Knicks agree. can get but a you star. Guys are fourth seed right now, right? The, the Knicks can get a superstar player in two to three years. Okay, you know, minimum. You can make a pitch. I'm for surprised you feel that way on De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you know, just score. Please, pretty good defense. Yeah. I'm not that high on De'Aaron Fox. You he's know why he's player, not playing good defense? Because who's motivated to win in Sacramento? Who? I don't agree with that, though. I feel like if you play D, you're going to play D every night. I can't agree with that. I feel like you should never take D. If you're a defender, you're going to play D every night. You shouldn't wa- want to go into games and let people cook you. That's how I feel, me personally. I don't know. I, I, feel, I, I do understand. De'Aaron Fox is a great player. I just don't think he fits with the Knicks. Okay. That's why. Okay. But You guys are look, a first-round exit. Where, no, they've been Atlanta both times I'm a, they've I'm a, played. I'm them. gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're good. I'm gonna tell you why. Between four and seven, they're very close, very, very close. I think, and Trey Young's gonna miss some games. Atlanta's gonna fall. You're probably not gonna play Atlanta. But you're right probably now gonna play. Bo- I'm saying, but right now, you're gonna probably play Boston, and yeah, you're not gonna tough. beat Boston. If we play Atlanta, which is what the seedings look like right now, let's not go off of hypotheticals. Let's go off of what's happening. Trey Young's out. All right, so if you play Atlanta, Atlanta. You probably, I don't think you'd win. Let's go off hypotheticals. Aside from Atlanta, because I agree with you. I, you Boston guys will be. Boston will be a close series, but I have them winning. The, the Knicks. Boston will yes. beat you on five. Now, what they about will, the Heat? No, they know. Boston no, will beat you on five. And no, five is rude. No, How's five, rule? Because I've seen Tatum go ghost. When? Bro, there's been multiple times where he's just. Against who? Uh, in, the play- in the playoffs against who? Didn't he have like a three for His, three for fifteen game in the playoffs? Some so who, like that? All right, on the Knicks, who do you see go blossom in the playoffs? Julius Randle, why not? Oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who okay. have you? Seen? I mean, no that's one. That's my point. No that's one. my point. 
Come on, these, oh, it's this a is different Boston. season. Eric this Rose, is Jason Tatum, the wait, Nuggets this, until last season. Who okay, really wait, blossomed wait, 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 in but the? This is Jason Tatum. This is a new and improved Jalen Brown. A much better. First of all, their top two guys are better than Julius Randle. That's off the rip early. Kemba Walker's still there. Marcus Smart is Kemba there. Walker is, has gone ghost sometimes too. That's a fact. But you're you're talking about the Knicks where you're relying on the manual quickly and the RG. Listen, Barry, I, you know? I agree. Yeah, but we're not but talking about them winning talking about them winning six games. I, I think we'll go five. A very series. strong five. I disagree. There's nothing wrong with a strong five. And you're not beating Miami. I think that's I think that will be a good series that I have them winning too. <laughs> nah, the Knicks hat is on tonight. Yeah. Nah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that Atlanta take. Celtics, I can't agree. They're not losing in five. I think the Celtics win that series, though. I think I've said, I've, I don't know why you said the Knicks had on. I've had, I had the Miami Heat and Boston winning, but no, as no, of right I, now, you said, we are oh, facing I, I the Hawks. The I think the Hawks win. If they, I thought you healthy. just said the Knicks would win that I think series. Hawks beat you on six, but we, seven if they're we, healthy. we are a second round team if we face the Hawks. Your max potential. We are beating the Hawks. Yes, yes, yes. How is but that? That's your, good for what that's we're doing. Your max, that's the only team you can beat in the first round. Legit, how is but that that's your, who we're facing now. But no, yeah, but right now the playoffs don't start now. That is, if that's the only team you can beat in the first round, how is their max potential? And I also, I'm not totally out on the Hawks just losing games without Trey Young. I think they'll lose I think a couple though. I think their coaching is there and they can win even without Trey Young, especially having Lou Will there now, who's going to yeah, take on true. more of a scoring load. You better hope. So you I play wouldn't, Atlanta. I wouldn't count out the Atlanta Hawks. Charlotte healthy? Can they beat Charlotte? Yes. Yeah. What? They can. They can. Why is that even a question? They can. We didn't ask them. That's why. We didn't add them into it. Don't even ask no, that. I would, pick, I would pick you guys over there. That wasn't even a question. Come on. Nate McMillan's the new head coach of the, yes. of the Hawks, right? Yeah, that is a really good pickup for them. Better question. Do you have a brighter future than Charlotte? What the hell? Player-wise. I'm not talking just player-wise. Player for but player. you can't just factor that in when talking about you. brightest futures. You got to factor in all the other stuff. No, we're talking about the young guys, though. The young guys is pretty close. I love Lamelo though, so that's hard for me to answer. Miles Bridges is a dog. Lamelo like, Ball Miles has, Bridges is not even in that conversation for me. I'm, I'm not saying that he's a, a superstar. I think it's Lamelo. I think it's Lamelo. PJ Washington. Um, I wouldn't even count Terry Rozier no, like in that 20. young core. I mean, you, if you, you can't, he's the same yeah. age as Randall. Terry's been eating. You got to count him. The best player in that scenario is Julius Randall still. But Lamelo has thirty times more potential. Lamelo could. Lamelo Lamelo's the second. RJ is a third. No other player on the Hornets can be as good as RJ potential wise outside of Lamelo. Terry has been better than RJ this year, but he doesn't have more potential than him. He but didn't you just? But we know potential doesn't always work out. Yeah, but it will with RJ because oh, he's I'm a hard sure. worker. I'm positive. He's a hard worker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It will with RJ. You know, you've been hating on RJ for a minute. You didn't like him out of the draft. You called Cam Reddish the rookie of the year. You that said RJ Barrett take. stinks. You've been hating on RJ for a while, so this isn't new. But I'm saying, just to end off this segment, the Knicks have the brightest future in the NBA, and everybody should give them more credit. They should be the headline of every single sports show in America right now. You're 33 and 29. Why would you be the headline? It's like the East is so weak. So weak. <laughs> this guy. Hey. That On means a to dog. the next topic. We talked about the Knicks and them as a team, but now we're going to talk about the player who's been the best player on the Knicks, mm. Julius Randle. He's taken a big jump from last year. He's averaging this year 24 points per game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Last year he averaged 19.5, about 10 rebounds and 3 assists. But this year he's shooting 40% from 3. Last year he shot 28% 
from three. So he's taken a gigantic leap. Last year, the Knicks were bad. This year, the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference as it stands. Boom. So question, is he the most improved player in the NBA over a guy like Jeremy Grant, who also took a big scoring leap? I feel like like with those two guys, you got to factor in how like their improvement impacts the team. And I think with, you know, I, let's be honest, from the start of the season, we all believed the Pistons and the Knicks were going to be at the bottom of the barrel in the East. I think we all can agree we believe that. And as the season progressed, we've seen him and Jeremy Grant make the leap, but He's also elevating his teammates and also putting the team on his back and getting them up there. So I think with that being said, because I feel like both of their numbers are a big jump from last year. Both guys, even Christian Wood, if he played enough games, he would have had the big jump. True. But I think with these three guys, you got to factor in who's really improvement, his team and the success. And I think with him putting up those that double-double with the five assists and also having his team as a fourth seed, I feel like he should be a lock for most improved. Like This should be his award to take, honestly. I feel like this couldn't be more obvious. I mean, who Jeremy Grant, he's been very solid. This is a no-brainer to me. Julius Randle is going to win most improved player this year. He's up four and a half points from last season with the Knicks. Four and a half points. He's up three assists. He's up about a rebound. And he's shooting greater than four, around 14% better than he did last year from three. His shooting has taken a huge leap and is part of the reason why he's been so dominant his defense has been amazing. And you look at last year with the Knicks, like you were mentioning, most improved from you know what their squad should be and what they were. Last year they were they were a lottery team. They were they were not really good at all. Julius Randle comes in this season, comes in more more dedicated, more hardworking, come different mindset. The Knicks are the fourth seed in the East. I feel like right now, and you look at the Pistons, the Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league. I feel like you'd be doing Julius Julius Randle a huge disservice giving this award to anybody else. I totally agree. And right now he's actually the favorite in Vegas to win the most improved player by a lot. Was it minus 500, right? Yeah. Yeah, No money from that. Yeah, no. So Jeremy Grant is like plus 150 right now. So Randall is the favorite by far. And I agree, but I want to talk about Julius Randall's story because his story (laughs) is an amazing story. I understand what you're going with. And before I, I before I talk about the story, I'm going to talk about this first. When Julius Randle first got signed by the New York Knicks, I said he was better than Christos Porzingis. I got called crazy for saying that, even though their numbers were very similar. And in terms of how they improve year to year, Randle actually improved better than Porzingis. And I said that Julius Randle would be an all-star with the New York Knicks. Obviously, I thought all of that stuff was going to happen the year that we signed him. It didn't happen because, in my opinion, I think Rando did come into the season a little bit out of shape, and our coaching was very bad. But a year too late is still better than a year, no prediction. Mm -hmm. So I still predicted it was going to happen. It did happen. And this is why I feel ashamed of myself for a a little bit, right? Because coming into the year, I got swayed by everybody's opinion about the Knicks that I didn't stick to my gut feeling. I didn't stick to my original fandom. I was one of those guys. Which is why I abandoned the Knicks and thought they were going to be one of these horrible teams when just last year I had them winning 30 games when everybody thought they were going to be below 30. You know, So if I would have just stuck to my gut, I fully believe that I would have still picked the Knicks to be this good as they are now and Julius take that leap. 
But I'm happy that overall he did take that leap. And now the Knicks have somebody who we can cheer for this entire season and hopefully for seasons to come. I also just bought a Julius Randle jersey. Really? It's <laughs> That's it. That's lit. So, and also, I told my cousin this the other day. I said, I said this to him. I said, when we're in the playoffs, I'm probably going to go and buy a playoff ticket and go to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go see the uh, Knicks in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and he told me, damn, they're going to be expensive. And I said, yes, I know. But I might not see this until I, I might not see this ever eight again. Years from now, yeah, for real. The last time the Knicks were in the playoffs, we had to wait eight years for it to happen again. So I might not see this for a long time. So I'm going to spend the money if they go to real. the playoffs. Nice man. So I'm got I got a Julius Randle jersey, but now onto his story. That one? No. Okay. I bought, I bought the statement jersey. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, okay. That one's lit. Yeah, that one's tough. I bought the statement jersey. Onto Julius Randle's story. He got drafted with the seventh overall pick to be. Kobe's co-star out of Kentucky. It was a great pick at the time, but his first game in the NBA, he breaks his leg. He misses the entire season. In his second season, he averaged 11. Then third season, 13. Fourth, 16. Fifth, 21 points per game with the Pelicans. That's when I thought he was going to really blossom with the Knicks. Then this this last season, he averaged 19.5, but now he's up to 24. I think just... His dedication to the game, how hard he has worked, deserves a lot of credit because we don't see a lot of guys come back from broken legs, from torn ACLs, especially to start off your career like that. First game in the NBA, breaking your leg. Julius Randle has come back from that, and he's put New York back on the map. I think his story is tremendous. It's amazing. He should get all the credit that he's getting right now, and I hope he does win the most improved player of the year. Well said. Well said, nah, that story is different, man. He then he won a, he won a national championship on Kentucky, right? I'm almost positive they won. I don't think he was on the Anthony Davis team, no. No, no they that lost. was against Connecticut. You're right. You're right, 100. percent Help me out. What's the name of that guy that was? Uh, played with the Harrison brothers. Harrison twins. No, he did play with them, but I'm James blanking. Young. No, on the Connecticut team. Oh, that, Shabazz Napier. Yes, yes. Yeah, he a, was a, not a, as college, good as everyone thought. I'm a college guy. Bro. All right. They only, they only drafted. He'd only drafted him because of LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be honest. They only drafted him because he had a Kemba like run. It was just he late. went crazy. He, he went crazy. The Lakers at one point had D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Zubac, Kuzma. Kuzma. Well, they still have him, but did they have Brooke Lopez at the time? I think. I think they did. Yeah. Too. They also had, they drafted another really young player. I forgot who. I think I'm missing. They got Kuzma. Lonzo. Lonzo. Yes. So a, a starting lineup of Lonzo, D'Lo, Ingram, Randall, I think Zubac. D'Lo was out of there before Lonzo got there, though. Had to be. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. So do you have, where do you have Julius? Do you have Julius Randle make it an All-NBA first team this year? I have, him, I have him definitely making an All-NBA. But who's been a better power forward this year than Giannis. Julius Randle? Yeah, he won't make the first team. Man. He just named the guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's Giannis. So yeah, yeah I think it's gonna be tough. He's been the second best power forward in the league. But in it goes just forwards year. though. So it's forward spots, guard spots, forward spots, center. So he can still. I mean, I don't think they're gonna put him over Kawhi, but he can still make a team. I think he'll probably make the second team. I think him and PG will be on the second team. Are they gonna give it to LeBron unanimously? I don't. He hasn't played enough. I don't know. I mean, it, he's I, played LeBron, actually. Though. I just saw a stat up until yesterday. LeBron had played more games than Joel Embiid. Oh, but I think Joel is going to play more games than him. For sure. That being said, that is still crazy to think that LeBron's been out almost, what, two, three weeks now? So if LeBron isn't on the list, I'll probably... 
put Randall and PG on my second team. I was going to say, LeBron's probably looking at a third team. So I think Randall should definitely be an All-NBA yeah. on the All-NBA team. I just don't know where, but obviously an amazing story. And I can't wait until my Randall jersey comes in. I'm going to be wearing it, it on the show. When would you order it? After we beat, not the Hawks, the previous game we Elegance won. And the OT? The seven-game win streak. Yes, OT. OT, okay. Yes, that's when nah, I ordered Charlotte. it. Nah, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Okay. That's when I ordered it. Okay. I ordered it after that game. <laughs> that's mad funny. Nah, that's funny. Nah, you're not kidding, but that's lit, bro. That jersey better be tough. The narrative around the Knicks, uh, uh, and obviously they have been talking about their run, and most of, the, most of this episode we have been talking about the New York Knicks, but they have been rumored to get Zion Williamson. We don't know when, but this rumor started because after he dropped 34 on the Knicks and the Pelicans lost, a reporter asked him, you know, where's your favorite place to play? And Zion basically said, New York might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't lie to you. He said it with the biggest smile on his face, which showed you that he wanted to be a New York Knick. He wanted to be drafted here. But instead, the Pelicans got him, and now they're going to ruin the first couple of years of his career. Ruin strong, but okay. So I think they will because David Griffin, especially after hearing the stories of how they did J.J. Redick, I know, I understand it's a business. Mm -hmm. It seems like some grimy stuff is going on there. And especially, look, the Ross that they constructed around Zion this year, very horrible construction. I'm still banking on Zion's, Zion's talent, but... I don't know how good of a job they're going to do constructing surrounding players that fit Zion's play style and help him. But Zion is obviously a great player. He's averaging about 27 points per game this year, seven rebounds, 3.7 assists per game, shooting 61% from the field and 30% from three. But I don't understand why this narrative of Zion to the Knicks has all of a sudden you know, blown up and had everybody talk about it. Woj also blew it up. Woj said that it's something to watch down the road. I don't understand why. Zion is in the second year of his rookie contract. He still has three more years left on his contract. And why, why do we always assume these small market players are going to leave? In the recent years, we look at some examples, right? Giannis stayed with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Bradley Beal stayed in Washington. Dame stayed in Portland. Donovan Donovan Mitchell signed a huge contract with Utah. Those are all small small market teams. So why do we automatically assume that Zion is is going to leave New Orleans? If Zion offers him a one hundred plus two hundred million dollar contract, he's not he's not leaving the Pelicans. He's taking the money. That's a fact. And my problem with this narrative as a whole is that us at us as us as Knicks fans always get blamed. When star players don't come to the Mecca. But we're never the ones that really start that rumor. You know, when Katie and Kyrie were heading into free agency, Stephen A. Smith That's basically said it was basically, he basically guaranteed Katie and Kyrie were going to the Knicks. And then they ended up going to the Nets. And for me, I don't think that's fair to Knicks fans because the only fans that constantly mock players going to their team are the Miami Heat. This past season, you look at <laughs> Kawhi, Oladipo, that did happen. James Harden, Ben Simmons was mocked at a point. Lamarcus, Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, they be trying to get everybody. I say, it sounds like the Lakers, I mean, too. every single star. And I think, in my opinion, the Miami Heat fan base is the most annoying fan base in the NBA right now, currently. Okay. You know, they didn't want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden. I still remember that vividly, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. That but, is pretty dumb. 
So for me, I think that the Knicks fans have gotten a lot of slack when this stuff does not happen, but it's always the media's fault. They're, they're the ones that create this narrative. Zion, I don't think he's going to be a New York Knicks anytime soon. If he is, it's going to be way down the road, way down the road, not anytime soon. So I don't even know why this is a narrative. I think Zion is one of those guys who's probably going to rock it out for life. I don't know, you know, with the way his character is, the type of guy he is, he's pretty quiet, nice, nice, really nice kid. You know, he tends to be to himself. He doesn't like the spotlight too much. I think this is the type of guy who looks like he's going to stay there for life. But it does put you guys in like a bad spotlight, you know, because, you know, we love Twitter. We're always on Twitter. And you can see it on Twitter, you know, Knicks supposed to get this and then people start bashing Knicks fans. It definitely puts you guys in a bad energy and it puts it makes you guys think like you guys are putting up this narrative that you're really getting this player when in the sense it's not y'all, it's the people in the media. And when in reality it's the Heat fans that do that more than Knicks fans. It's just people love to bash Knicks fans so much. I I'm one of those people that love to do it. It's <laughs> quite fun to bash Knicks fans. But this is definitely something that is mad weird. I don't know where Woj got this story from. The only way it would be logical is a trade. I mean it the story came from Zion saying that he loved playing. Playing he said that before he got drafted though. He did say that too. He said that before he got drafted because they played St. John's that year in MSG. And he said I love like I love playing. Yeah, Zion said it's his second favorite place to play outside of New Orleans, which means it's his first. Cause he just threw that in there to not, not disrespect. You're not picking the Smoothie King Center over the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> you're just not. Yeah, so I, like he just said that obviously just to kill the noise, but He's been like if they're trying to make it bigger than what it is. He'd been said that when he was in college playing with Duke, that he loved playing in the garden. So this is just water under the bridge, in my opinion. So you think he's a for lifer? Pelicans. I, I don't he, think so. I think he gives me that that like yeah, I know this is early, but I think he he's right now he gives me that Dame Steph vibe. Like he's gonna rock it out for I feel life. Like LeBron gave me that same vibe in, in the first go around in Cleveland. Nah, he was trying to chase MJ. It was different. But he was from home. That's his home. You th- really like not. no one ever thought LeBron was leaving home. Nah, I mean. I don't so, think he's trying to chase anybody. I feel you. Zion has a personality that just you easily gravitate to. Dude has a smile from ear to ear every time you see him talking. Dude's a sweetie. Yeah, he's, oh. That being, <laughs> hey, what's wrong with saying he's a sweetie? Bro's a sweetie. <laughs> that being said, crazier things have That's happened in up. the NBA. That's all right. Crazier he's things a, have happened in the NBA. Sweetie? He's a sweetie. Bro's a sweetie. Every time you, every time a, a reporter's talking to him, bro has a smile from ear to ear for whatever reason. Bro's right just smiling. Here. Hell yeah. That being said, R.J. Barrett and him, were they not roommates at Duke? Yes, they were. They were. They're actually best friends. They all actually Julius Randle and Zion, they're actually boys off the court, 100%. It's come out and they've said that they, they talk, they communicate. Randle helps them out in New Orleans. Oh, wow. That being said, why? Like I, I feel you, it's years down the road. I'm not, I would not be surprised if Zion took his, his talents to New York. I who, think it can happen. Who, who would hate on Zion if he left New Orleans to come to the to the mecca of of basketball, New Orleans, the right? media capital of the world? Zion is New a, Orleans. That's it. No one no one hated on AD other than other than Pelicans fans. Oh yeah, okay. Other than Pelicans fans, they destroyed him. Oh, they but Pelicans fans, and that's that. No disrespect to that fan base. It's nowhere near as big as the Lakers and or the Knicks. So you know what I mean? He would be considered a basketball god if he came to New York and he delivered a championship. Zion is a second second contractor. What that means is that after his second contract, he's leaving, which means he's going to leave at like 27, 28 years old mm. in the prime of his career. 
and then go to play with the Knicks. So why, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. But I, if the Knicks still have that great culture and they have the money, that's something that can happen and will happen if you know the stars align. So why can't you see him leaving after his first contract? Let's say the Pelicans do absolutely nothing to cater to his style of basketball. Restricted well, free agency. Yeah, well, that's he's cool. okay. the, the Pelicans okay. gonna match. Anything anybody offers okay. to Zion, okay. regardless. All right, and he can ask for a trade. That's what I'm Kyrie got out of there before his his second contract. But he's not a, he wasn't restricted. He's he, coming. But that's what rookie. I'm saying. He's Kyrie, a rookie deal. Kyrie requested a trade prior to his. I want to say it was his fifth year. But if we're if we're projecting Zion to be the player that we think he's going to be, which is a top five player in the NBA, yeah. Um, what? You, why is that crazy to say? You think that's crazy hey, what's to wrong say? With that, dude? No, no, wait, no, you, that, no, don't do that to make it seem. Like, I'm just saying. You said we're all projected. I didn't project that, so don't say we're no, all. No, but obviously, why is that, that a projection? Gave, yeah, because I, like no, so. no, the face that I gave was the fact that you just threw. You just said something. And so assumed what's I your projection you. is not a top five player in the NBA. No, I don't think Zion to be a top five player in the NBA. Why not? Because I just feel like there's going to be other players better than. Bro, at well, how old is he now? Is 20. 20, 20, 20 flat. Last year, he averaged 28 on 19 games. And he's, you know, people thought it was a fluke when ESPN came out and said that he was going to be a, a, a top 20 player this season. Everyone freaked out. I think he was number 19. Bro's doing the exact same thing. And where is he now? But is top that. 15, is top that 20? Maybe. Without a doubt, he's top 15 right now. Oh, that's a stretch. Without a doubt, I'm putting Zion top 15 He's right now. He's having a top 15 season, I think. I, I can name you like 17 players better. Is Jalen Brown better than him? No, but he's not my top 15. Is Paul George better than him? Yes. What the hell? That's cap. <laughs> that is cap. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. We're doing this right now. Bro. Are you serious? No, hmm. let's not do this right now. All right, because we got. You think Zion's better than Paul George? You obviously think Paul George is better because you like Paul George. But I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm not telling side. you to take sides. But let's just Come on. let's just say this, okay? Um, back to Zion potentially going to the Knicks one day. Obviously, if he is projected to be that top five player that most people outside of River thinks that he's going to be, that means that even if he requests a trade, they won't grant it. They're not trading him. Unless his contract is up or they're getting a haul back for him. I think Kyrie was in a, a different situation because he's not he wasn't a top ten player, you know. So I mean he was coming off a championship. No, I yeah. He no hit doubt the about it. he hit the second greatest shot. No, you're thinking of the No, he was year. coming off a loss. He lost in five. Yeah. He Regardless, he had still oh, okay. He lost in five to smoked KD, out. Clay, and Curry. Yeah, yeah. That has nothing to do with anything. James Harden that, lost in seven. With well, that team was better the, the, than the Cavs. No, it wasn't. That, it was, that year after? They were after, around the same. They LeBron, were around the same. Kevin Love, Kyrie's better Dude, than... Don't say Kevin Love like that. LeBron carried that squad. Kyrie so Harden, Chris that Paul, and Capella is a better trio than LeBron, Kyrie, and Love. Go ahead and say something dumb. The only reason I say no is because LeBron has... It, he gives you a better chance to win more really, than anyone. Really? one in five. You lost in five, and they lost in seven. So what chance did he really give? I'm so confused. I mean, what is LeBron going to do? I mean, Kevin Love yeah, had no production. They won on a historical three-point shooting night, too. Not only did he lose in five, James Harden played them again and lost in six. So it's like... The very next year, uh, LeBron got I'm not swept. really trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying LeBron got swept with George Hill, Ronnie... We're, we're going off topic, but regardless, <laughs> George Hill, Rodney Hood, 
I'm not even counting that year. I'm talking about the year before we You're lost the five. You're saying Kyrie, was, his head was completely out of it. Bro did not play. Oh. He didn't talk to anyone that entire playoff oh, run. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our second best player at that the time. That was going to make you win another game if he was talking to you guys? I'm, uh, the team chemistry. <laughs> you know why Houston went seven with them? Because he had they, CP3. No, no because they was, played defense. You played, if CP3 the Cavs didn't play was that playing game six or seven, they would have probably lost Game Six in Oracle. There is no doubt in my mind they okay, win Game Seven. Okay, but I'm saying you know why it went that far, right? Because Houston played defense. The Cavs that year yeah, didn't we're play horrible de- defensively, and horrible offensively de- we're horrible too. Without Le- other than LeBron, that's my point though. But I'm that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not. Their saying, teams are even though. Let's be honest. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying okay because if Houston would have win, you would beat them, right? Topic, right? No, if topic. Houston would have win, no, LeBron wouldn't have beat them that year. It's just LeBron. The only reason Kyrie, I would say LeBron, LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love. The Warriors had a history of being LeBron in the past. So mentally, that wasn't a challenge to them. The Rockets never saw LeBron. That's how I'm asking. If Rockets beat them that year and they play LeBron, Kyrie, and Caleb, you probably would have picked LeBron to I win. I mean, I'm probably going to pick LeBron because I, I I pick LeBron against anyone other than KD, Clay, and Curry. <laughs> Sue me. Right? Like, come on, bro. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, he didn't have Kyrie, who didn't, like I said, didn't talk to him that entire playoff run. I was talking about the 2016 season. Bro hit the second greatest shot in NBA history. In finals history, excuse me. But it was easier to trade um, Kyrie. That, if that That's the initial point. I agree. But even still, at that time, man was at an... I wouldn't say an all-time high because 2016 was an all-time high. But that, he just wasn't top 10. He wasn't... I, I'll I say, like, if we're, going by the, if we're going by okay. the literal <laughs> definition of a superstar, which is the best player on a championship team, Kyrie Irving wasn't that then and was is not that he now. He will either. never be. Yeah, he's never going to be that. Wow. I think we can all agree he'll never be the best player in the championship. I, I He's a great agree. number two, I though. I can't agree. I just don't. But back to the initial point, Zion to the Knicks. I think <laughs> there's some potential for it to happen down yeah. the line, but I don't think it should be such a big story right now. So, on to a short question. Obviously, LaMelo Ball, he's scheduled to return soon, and the question that is arising from his potential return is, can LaMelo Ball still win the Rookie of the Year? So right now, LaMelo Ball has played 41 games. He's averaging 16, 6, and 6, shooting 45% from the field, 37% from three. Anthony Edwards has played 59 games, um, averaging 18, 4, and 3, shooting 40% from the field and 23% from the three. Is Anthony Edwards a lock to win the rookie of the year, or should LaMelo have some consideration? Listen, uh, you know, over the past couple weeks, Anthony Edwards has been dialing it up. You know, he's been on a scoring tear. I do feel like, Injury is going to really damage LaMelo Ball in the situation. You know, only playing 43 games, you said, right? 43? 41. 41, and he's coming back in about, he should be coming back in a couple days. 12, 11, 12 games left. It's going to get him in the 50 range, but I think, like, injuries are going to play a part. But the way he was when he first went down, he was so far ahead of the race. I think he'll still have an opportunity to come back and make a push for it, depending on how, because his team is also in the playoffs primarily because of him. So I think that's definitely going to help his case. But I think Edwards, I don't. I wouldn't call Edwards a lock right now, but I think he should be the favorite right now. I think that's pretty well said, honestly. I think Anthony Edwards probably will win the the rookie of the year. Obviously, if LaMelo didn't, uh, didn't get hurt, this was a lock, his award to for the, for the, for the taking. That being said, I wouldn't say it, it's, he's, he's right, man. It's really not signed and sealed that Anthony Edwards is going to win. He was averaging 16, 6-6 six and six as a rookie. He was easily the best player on that team. He took a Charlotte team that has been a lottery team for however many years. This is legitimately Michael Jordan's first good draft pick as a 
as an owner slash GM. Kemba. Are you trying to fair throw enough, shade? Fair enough. No, I'm not throwing shade, but as an owner, he is dookie. Um, <laughs> that being said, if LaMelo comes back and he plays, let's say, five games, right? Five five to seven. I'm assuming he's probably going to miss one of those for for uh, for rest purposes just to make sure that he doesn't you know, go all out. But if he comes out and he performs like he was performing back then, he could he could still win this award. But I I believe this is Anthony Edwards' award right now. It should be Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball should still be the Rookie of the Year. <coughs> Anthony Edwards has been garnering more hype because not only has he been on a phenomenal stretch, he's averaging like over twenty five points per game in the last couple of games. But he's also a very funny dude and a likable personality. He's mad funny, especially the clips that go viral on on social media. It, it rubbed me the wrong way when he said he didn't know who A Rod was. At least he was honest. Some people that's lied. foul. He's one of the best baseball players ever. Some people that lie. I hit a soft spot. I was tight. Go ahead. But Lamelo Ball, his efficiency is way better than Anthony Edwards. For sure, he does more on the court than Anthony Edwards. And the Hornets are eight and eight without Lamelo Ball. Mm. They're just breaking even. And I mean, even though they were just breaking even with him, I mean, they were. Way better when LaMelo Ball is on the court, no doubt about it. And I think LaMelo, this is not a Zion versus Ja last year scenario where Zion played 24 games, right? He only played about 20 games, and Ja played the whole season. LaMelo has basically played the entire season. If he gets to 50 games for the year, he only missed about 20 games. So I think he should definitely still be the rookie of the year. But if LaMelo comes back, and he's not playing to what he was playing at the level he was playing at before, he won't win it. Brandon okay. Roy won the rookie of the year playing about 50 games in his season. How many games did Joel Embiid play where he didn't win? He played 20. About 20. 20. Was it 20? Which yeah. makes sense, obviously. You can't win a award like that. 20 games. And Malcolm Brogdon won the year. Yeah. That was the worst rookie of the year ever. Yeah, it was. I mean, jo- Joel Embiid was amazing until he got hurt. But you're right. That rookie that rookie season was trash. No, I agree. I him. think if you know with the way Edwards is playing, he's definitely he can win the award. But if Lamelo comes back and wets the bed, then you know it's looking like Edwards is going to win. But I doubt that he'll come back and and not be Lamelo Ball. Like no. they wouldn't rush him back if they didn't know that he was going to be healthy enough to play. You know what I mean? They they see that he could have a chance to get some playoff uh some playoff grind. Oh, early, no, this is great for early, Charlotte. Exactly early in his career, you get some chemistry going in the playoffs. You get that playoff experience. No, nah, I don't. At first, I was skeptical, especially when they ruled him out uh, for the season. And I think they're early. getting Hayward back soon too. They are getting him back so you soon. Think this is just a two-man race. You wouldn't even put Tyrese Halliburton in the conversation. Halli- God, I think just like I would put him in the race, but with the way Edwards has been playing lately, you know, I think and Halliburton, I, I don't know. It's it's. Lamelo was already above and beyond the race. You know, Wiseman, he's been up and down throughout the season. Halliburton has been consistently good, but I think Edwards had a better stretch than Halliburton had. For see, I think Halliburton has been good all year. Halliburton has been steady, but has never had a stretch where you go, he's been amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm fact. saying. Like, Anthony Edwards had a stretch where you're like, no, this guy is really special. And Lamelo too. I think Halliburton, you're just like, okay, he's good. Like, he's good. He's good every week. He's good. He's good. Like, it's the same thing with him. Which matters. If this was a Malcolm Brogdon rookie of the year race, he he's, he's kind of like the Malcolm Brogdon of this class, just consistently good, good, good. Yeah, I think so too. That's a good which, comparison. Which cool. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> Steph oh, Curry. Clark died. Really? Who? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm laughing. Yeah. The way he's, um, he went to Kentucky last year. The dark skinned guy. Somebody died? Yeah, Terrence, Terrence Clark, Clark died. died. He did? For yeah, real? apparently. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's a piece to him. For real. He's only like 18, 19. That's did you say how he died? No, I didn't. Did you just say he's dead? 
Damn. They're just saying he's, he died. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. I tried to look at it on Twitter real quick. I couldn't find it, though. I'll look it up real quick. Guys, yeah, well, go to the next that. question. I got crazy. you. Hold I got on, you. Let me see. Oh, my God. Prayers to Terrence He was Clark in a car accident. And BJ Boston. Wait, BJ Boston, too? Wait, 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 wait. Because it's Twitter. You know Twitter could be Kava. No, they were both in a workout, and they were heading out. But I'm not sure if he was involved in it. Yeah. It said, BJ Boston, we're leaving a workout in L.A. We've been told Clark died on the way to the hospital. So BJ's in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, Boston was reportedly in the car behind him. We don't know the details on what happened. Jeez, man. That's crazy. Wow, this is heartbreaking. He was just 19 years old, man. Damn. It always sucks to hear some news like this. No, you're not kidding. That young, too. My God. That's crazy. That's sad. Somebody put it in the chat earlier, but I didn't know what they meant. Yeah. This is sad news. Though. I hope BJ makes it, man. Yeah, yeah. BJ apparently hasn't been confirmed dead yet, but because he was in the car behind them, according to this article I'm reading. So I don't know what happened. Hopefully BJ's okay, but rest in peace to Terrence Clark and, you know, praise up to his family. You know, they're probably going through a lot. Anybody that's close and praise up to them too. Man, it's some some sad news. But on to uh, the next segment of uh, the show. <laughs> Steph Curry has been on an amazing streak this season. This season? Life. I mean, he... Yeah, it has been this season. He's been on an amazing stretch this season. Life. Stephen Curry has averaged 38.7 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists in the last 11 games this month, shooting 52% from the field, 47% from three. Even though he just had a game where he shot 7 for 25 against the Wizards, he had a bad game. He had 18 points. But the question is, is this the best offensive stretch that you've ever ever seen from a player i'll start with you because you're a steph curry fan riv no it's not no nah, I, I think it's one of the best offensive stretches who's this better just to who's this better yeah. no, yeah. i think i think uh hardens was better just because uh i think like with, with these two players they were two different stretches i feel like hardens was more you know, he has the ball a lot in his hands. He's making plays for his home. But I, I do agree, Steph is having one of the best offensive stretches we've ever seen. Because when you look at the way he's scoring, you know, off the ball, on the ball, it, and it's it's a disservice how people talk about him as if he, you know, come talking about offense, he does so much on this team. He's one of their best screeners, one of their best shooters, one of their best free throw shooters, one of their best finishers. He's the guy that comes off the ball, on the ball. He's one of their best ISO scorers. I think with this streak, you've seen him – show that if he needs to, he can put a team on his back and go on a scoring machine like any other player in NBA history. And I think that's what he kind of wanted to prove, that he's he's just as good as a scorer as anybody else. I think Harden, with his size and his durability, he can do it, obviously, for longer stretches. But I think Steph Curry doing what he's done, at a, the, the way his efficiency is, which is off the chart, because that's always been his, his uh, go-to, his efficiency. I think this is definitely one of the greatest stretches we've ever seen. What bothers me about Steph Curry and uh, how fans talk about him is that... Don't start. For one... Don't start. They tend to disrespect him a lot. I'm not saying anything. Oh, okay. I'm not... Look, I'm going to be honest here, right? Because 
on TikTok, I, I made a video about how I think Steph Curry is, the most is skilled. more skilled than Kyrie. And oh, I remember this. E- even though Kyrie Irving is known for his finishes and how flashy he is, when you look at percentage-wise, since they started measuring driving stats and how good you finish at the rim, Curry has beaten Kyrie in every season but one. And their attempts are pretty much the same. This year, Curry has a higher percentage driving to the basket and finishing his layup than Kyrie, and he's taking more layups than Kyrie. So it's not like the volume is astronomical. And we know Curry's the best shooter of all time, and he's the best off-ball player of all time, in my opinion. And I think Curry's a better passer. But there are a lot of fans who think, who who look at basketball in a, in a such simplistic way. Oh, Curry, oh, he can only do that because he's you know, getting screens all screened all the time, you know, for and all this stuff. Or they say this, because when I made the argument that he's a better finisher than Kyrie, people commented this. Oh, Steph is only better at the basket because people pay attention to his shooting so much. So he's just getting open layups. And I'm like, you haven't watched yeah, that's, basketball. That's then. disrespectful. You know, that, that's, <laughs> such, that's such a simplistic way to view the game. And a lot of people in this day and age have not watched basketball and don't watch basketball. And that's why they say stuff like that. So I think Steph Curry, the perception around him has been kind of jaded a little bit, even when we talk about how clutch Curry is, you know, to the point where I think Max Kellerman the other day talked about how he would take Dame over Steph because of Dame's clutchness. When I think Steph has hit more big time shots, he has not hit the shot, like the go away shot to end the series. Big shots, but so. when you talk about big time shots that matter in, in clutch situations, Steph Curry has hit a bunch of those. And to put Dame, somebody who doesn't perform well outside of the first round and has just as of recently reached even not even the level of Steph, he's not he's on he's not on the level, but to be in even the conversation mm-hmm. is pretty, you know, asinine and ridiculous. But back to the question, this is not the best offensive stretch that I've seen. It's been James Harden, 2018-2019 season. Steph is scoring. That's amazing. But they're the ninth seed right now. They have an even record at the time of this recording. James Harden in 2018-2019 season, eight of the ten highest scoring performances of that season belong to James Harden. Harden averaged 43 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 7.6 assists, in the month of January 2019, which was the most since Wilt Chamberlain in March um, 1963. Mm. He scored or assisted on 61.9 points per game, basically 62 points per game, and he's the fifth player in NBA history with 600 points, 100 rebounds, I mean 100 assists in a calendar month. And for the year, when we're comparing Harden's year and Curry's year this year, Harden averaged 36, 6, and 7. Curry averaged 31, 5, and 6. And Harden's PER was 30.6. Curry's this year is 26.8. And people think that it's such a astronomical difference in efficiency. But this year, Curry's efficiency is a 66% true shooting percentage. Harden's was at 62% true shooting percentage. So it wasn't that much of a difference. Harden's season that I saw when he averaged 36 points per game was the best offensive season I've ever seen. He led the Rockets to the fourth seed. Whoa. Kenneth Fareed. He might be right, dude. I think I'll give it to Steph's first 30 ball. The unanimous year. When he hit 400? Yeah. Ken, That's Kenneth Fareed. I'll put those up. Kenneth Fareed was one of the main parts 
of that stretch that the Rockets had when Clint Capella was out, he was averaging 15 and 10 with Harden. Because of Harden. He has not had an NBA job since. He has not had an NBA job since. So I'm just saying, Harden not only scores, but he attributes to winning. Hmm. Steph, this season, yes, he's doing amazing. And I understand that off the court, the Warriors are horrible. But he has not been at the seating that we expect an MVP caliber player to be at when you're playing this good. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You nah, bro, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I agree with most of the things you said, except the seating part. I know. Because um, <laughs> when Steph doesn't play, you know, Steph, when he's healthy, every game he's played when healthy, they're actually a seventh seed. If you put that record, when, they, when he hasn't played, they've lost every game. So... That kind of plays a it's part crazy. in in the aspect, but I do agree. I think, like when it comes to the Steph and Kyrie thing, you know, I I argue with him too. I argue with a lot of Kyrie fans because it's it's that intrastate thing, you know, that Jersey thing. They love Kyrie. Kyrie's a Jersey boy, and you know, with people over here in New Jersey, New York, they love the flashy, the finesse, the flaw. Like they love all that. So it's I don't even think it's that though. I think a lot of NBA fans in the country, mm. worldwide think that Kyrie is more skilled. Oh, yeah, 100%. A lot of media outlets say that Kyrie is more skilled but I, than I he think, is. like, because I think we was talking about this the other day. We were, at, like, what we were basing as a skills, off-baller skill, we agreed, yeah, is, you know, run, people like to say just running around, but that's sort of a skill because not everybody knows how to do that. I think when people talk about Kyrie being the most skilled, they look at ball handling, they look at finishing, and then they just say, all right, those, Kyrie is so much better than Curry at that in their opinion that they would say he's the most skilled. They they some people say he's the most skilled scorer they've ever seen. Which Kyrie or asinine. Kyrie. Yeah, that's, that's like, yeah, sick. People, a lot of people and I, I think can't, sick I'm not saying stomach. skilled scorer. I wouldn't say yeah, no, that's a fact. Yeah, that's no, a fact. Uh, not, like the Kyrie he is, love is he is, is not the best skilled scorer we've ever seen. Listen, that. Know, this is the thing. Okay, let, let's lay let's lay out the argument on the table right now. Answer me these questions. Kyrie versus Stephen Curry. I don't think it's... Who's more athletic? I'm going to go... And this is going to hurt me to say... I think Curry, though. I'm going to say Curry because he runs around that court all game. You think think Curry is more athletic? I'm talking about in terms of like jumping higher... Just athleticism. I think the way Kyrie, 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 yeah, Kyrie Irving. I would say Curry. I would, I would say, say Curry. I would take Kyrie Irving there. You would take Kyrie. You would take Curry. I think they're both. I think it's you can go. I would say Curry though a little bit. I would. T- I personally, in that aspect, I would take Kyrie. Okay, so you're if Kyrie is more athletic, then what what separates Curry and Kyrie as as a player? Why is Curry his shooting drastically better than Kyrie? His shooting because he's more skilled. That's really what it is. And I think shooting it's should be weighed skill. way more heavily than footwork or post game, especially yeah, yeah. post game for a point guard. But it's Why not like Kyrie shooting a so bad heavily? percentage either. Curry is the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and that's no question about it. But exactly. I think so, in today's game, though, when you assess everything Curry does, like he shoots from all aspects, off ball, on ball, for sure, off the screen, off the dribble. I don't think Kyrie. Kyrie's a. If we be honest, he's a one dimensional player in the sense of. He's an on-ball scorer. He's not really an off-ball scorer. Everything is ISO one-on-one. I agree. So okay. like you said, Kyrie is a one-dimensional player in terms of he's an on-ball scorer. He's not an off-ball scorer. Curry is the best shooter of all time. He's a better passer than Kyrie. He's the best off-ball player of all time. And percentage-wise, 
Curry is a better finisher than Kyrie as well. And this year, Curry has attempted more layups, so the volume argument is out the window. Their volume is the same. Kyrie is better at footwork, at ball handling, and at post game. But honestly, those crazy mid-range shots you see Kyrie hit, Curry hits those from three. <laughs> Curry hits those from three. Kyrie, I think he's the best ball handler of all time. I agree. But he is not the most skilled player of all time. And that that topic of conversation has to stop. Because <laughs> what separates a player from a player? If I'm better than you at basketball, it's because I'm more skilled. Right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen if if it would if it had to do with physical traits and ability, then we'd see all these six foot ten players come into the league and be great players. But especially when you're the same height, they're both 6'3", about 6'2", you're about the same weight, you play the same position, what separates you as a player is that you're more skilled. Okay. That's what it is. And, and that's why Curry question, is more though. skilled than Kyrie. Uh, when they met up in the finals, mm-hmm. 2016, it was Curry versus Kyrie, for sure. That whole series, Kyrie and Curry went at it. Who got the upper hand? Okay, wait. <laughs> Curry was banged up. One. Two. I admit, I agree. I agree. Kyrie got the better of him in that series. By I agree. far. But people forget the next year, Curry got the better of Kyrie in but that who, series. who cares when you have KD? Do you understand? reason why you're wrong. Do you, you hold, have on, LeBron. hold on, hold on. You have LeBron. Do you understand with KD on the court, no double teams can occur? No, okay. no well, double teams Joel, can occur. Ky- on Kyrie, they can? Wait, Joel, don't say For sure. Why can't they? Andrew. Do- you, you can't Andrew, double team Andrew, Kyrie when Andrew, he's going into the paint? Andrew. Why not? Andrew. Why can't you do that with Curry when you have Draymond who can't shoot? No, because you have KD who can shoot. You have Clay that can yeah, shoot. Yeah, J.R. Smith who you, can shoot. Okay, LeBron come on, bro. Shoot. You're gonna Kevin com- Love who can you shoot. You cannot compare J.R. Smith to the second greatest shooter of all time and the actual okay, greatest listen, shooter of I'll, all I'll time. Say this he was right still now. getting double teamed, right? I'll say when this KD right now. No, there. he was not. Yes, he was. People no, were guarding Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala. Curry was still getting... There was a one... how do you double team? How do you double team Steph Curry and you leave KD on an island? That's a good idea. There was one. You're not play, doing that. Perfect example. There was one play in the finals where KD was coming down a fast break, and Steph and Clay was on the wings. And you know who the first person they ran to? I'm gonna assume the greatest shooter of all time in a well, corner was, by himself. Yeah, uh, but but KD had a clear lane to the basket. You take and they two ran points over out. three, of course. Come, come on, on that's a, that, come on. Bro. You take two points come over on, three. Bro. I'm wrong there. Come on, bro. You take you two run, points bro, over three. Common, common sense. You're standing there. You're going to run to the baseline first, or you're going to stand there and wait for them to make a play? Someone who you played basketball. Who they have you seen, played basketball. That's a fact. What I, are you going to do? What do you think? Keep it on I it. haven't played basketball against Steph Curry. But you know what you're going to do, though. Like, listen, but you know what you're going to do. What's common sense? The, the Cavaliers had played the Golden State Warriors three finals in a row. What have they seen in those three in those three finals at that point? Steph Curry killing them from three point line. Clay Thompson killing them from the three point line. Of course, their first reaction is, "Oh, Steph's wide open. Let's crash." So wait, no, your, your one argument is 2016 finals. That's your argument. No, no, use for see, life. I wasn't gonna say that. That's but you, you no, but you let, said let you here. brought up the 2017 finals that after Curry you, that after, Curry killed that Curry you killed brought up the 2016 that Curry got. That Kyrie got Curry let me, let when it was a fair, this. even matchup. This is this is KD why think, made it unfair. Go this ahead. is why I think your point is invalid because when you talk about the Cavs and Warriors 2016, the that Kyrie got the better of Steph Curry, right? LeBron is the best player on the Cavs for sure. Steph is the best player on the Warriors LeBron at that was, point. Yes, Kyrie's the second best on the Cavs. But was now the he's now an amazing go, second best. Player. Think, I get listen it. to this point. But now the next season when they get KD, 
LeBron's the best player on the Cavs. KD's the best on the Warriors. Kyrie's the second best on the Cavs. Steph is the second okay, best on the Warriors. Okay, but when you have Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, the Who's team— Who's better, Kyrie or Klay? I'm taking Kyrie. Okay, so for, based off what you're saying— but, Okay, Klay, based the off second best player on the Cavaliers to the— you you guys are really you're pushing it here because you guys are defending KD on the Warriors. No 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 no. I'm talking, we're not. I'm, no, we're just low key. Kyrie. Low key. Kyrie, I'm, actually, I'm actually if you just said Kyrie was betting Clay, so you believe 2016 the Cavs had the best player and the second best player when they walked into that series. In that series, yes. they had the first and the second best. So you you so even saying that with Curry, Kyrie no, Kyrie bugged. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So you so you're saying LeBron and Kyrie was better than Curry and Clay. Correct. That's so then for when sure. KD gets there. He makes it KD versus LeBron. Bro, you Curry can't versus double Kyrie. Team. You can't double team. It makes it impossible. There's I, a I reason didn't see they much went double to double teams on Kyrie though. Nobody double teams Kyrie. Nobody double teams Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't get double teamed like stuff. So Kyrie. when you know that. So when Kyrie had that that fadeaway jumper on Christmas Day against against okay, thank you. Thank you. On Christmas Day, that fadeaway jumper. No, where he's driving, you, that, that's you, all I'm saying. You. No one's ever double team Curry. That's but cap. does he get double team more than Curry? Uh, even to no, the amount no, of Curry. No, no, because Curry is the guy on that squad. I'm not saying that. Once KD left, of course he's getting double teamed. But even when, before he you got were, there, but you used 2017 to your to your to to benefit your point, saying that Curry got him next next time. No duh, he was going to get him. Okay, so the original question. Neither of you think Steph Curry's having the best offensive stretch that you guys he's, have seen. He's had the best shooting stretch I've ever seen. I think that's fair. That's obvious. We'll never see a a, a stretch like this shooting wise. The fact that he has more three point shots made than teams six about six teams. That is Babe Ruth is the only person that comes to mind. I got chills thinking about that. <laughs> he's he is the only person that comes to mind where he was hitting more home runs than teams. Steph Curry's hitting more three point shots than teams. That's unheard of. Dude, he's having the greatest shooting stretch by far. But no, this is not the greatest offensive stretch, as you two mentioned. It's got to be James Harden. Yeah, and, he, and even though it's not the best, I still think Curry deserves a lot of praise for what he's doing this year. It has been exciting. And if we're talking about most exciting stretch, I think Curry has that Death. most exciting stretch, but not the best offensive stretch. The Denver Nuggets, Boom. a team in the Western Conference. The Nuggets recently lost Jamal Murray to a torn ACL. And I'm sad for Jamal Murray. You know, he was having a breakout season. He was destined to have another great playoffs. And I know he's going to bounce back from this. But, man, I'm really sad I won't get to see Jamal Murray in the playoffs. But since he's been out, the Nuggets have been 4-0 at the time of this recording. Uh, Nikola Jokic in Jamal Murray's absence this season, he's played 10 games without Jamal Murray this year. In those 10 games, he's averaged 29, 11, and 10 a triple-double, and they're 7-3 and three with Jamal Murray this season. Before they went on this four-game winning streak, they were 3-3. Three and three. So I think more guys have stepped up. The addition of Aaron Gordon has been huge. Facundo Campazzo has been a huge bonus to this team, and they beat the Miami Heat, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, the Blazers. I think three of those teams are good wins. And against the Blazers, Composo had 12 points. Jokic dropped 47 on Memphis. Porter dropped 21 on Memphis. And Barton dropped 28. I mean, I think the Nuggets are still a formidable team. Michael Porter Jr. has taken a huge leap this season. His efficiency has been off the charts. But that does beg the question, what is their ceiling? Do Can they still make the Western Conference Finals without Jamal Murray? You know, replacing his his production with 
Monte Morris or Facundo Campazzo. We're not sure, but what do you guys think? Well, me and uh, Andrew was just talking about this before the show. We both agreed. We think Denver was overrated before the Jamal Murray injury. And I think losing him, you know, like, it's good that they're able to keep afloat in the regular season. And that's good that they can keep winning games, you know, help them in the seating. But I think come playoff time, right now it's looking like they'll play L.A., the Lakers. They're fourth seed. LA, the Lakers are five. Without Jamal Murray, I like I don't see I didn't see them beating the Lakers with Jamal Murray, but without Jamal Murray, I don't see it going six games. I think I can it'll probably be five. I think their ceiling is probably a second round team. Maybe a first round. I don't know. Like it losing Jamal is big. You know, he's one of the best player performers. And he's a guy who really he's not he's not a I don't think he's a regular season guy. I think he's gonna be that guy that's just a playoff guy. He he like he thrives off emotion. In playoff atmosphere, he's going to turn it up when the playoffs. But losing him is going to be big. Monte Morris, he's a good player, but I don't think he's a starting caliber point guard when it comes to playoffs. Playing guys like the Lakers or the Clippers, who has some dogs defensively at the point guard spot. I think Campazzo, he's good. You know, he he won with uh, MVP with Luca, but I think you know he's he's small. He doesn't really offer much offensively. He plays defense, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that they can rely on. Michael Porter Judy, he's going to have to step it up big. Paul Millsap, Will Barton, those guys. I just think losing Jamal Murray is going to be really huge, and it's going to really put them in a hole. I don't, I don't think they make it out the second, uh, first round this year, honestly. If they're playing L.A., I don't see them getting past the first round, especially if LeBron, A.D., Drummond are going to be all on the court together. That's where you need Jamal Murray. I'm not saying Jamal Murray makes the, defense, uh, the difference in that series to me. I think the Lakers easily win that series especially at full strength, the Lakers are a championship team. That being said, without Jamal Murray, the ceiling, for me personally, last year, Jamal Murray was the reason they made it to the Western Conference Final. Of course, Jokic had a huge part in that. Michael Porter Jr. definitely had games where he was definitely showing up big time. But Jamal Murray was the was the glue to that team that, that made them go, that made them come back from 3-1. I just feel like this year, Jokic is having an all-world type season Definitely one of the best seasons we've seen from a big man of recent history. I just don't know if it's enough to to get them past that first round, especially if they're going to have to play L.A. as of right now. I feel like if there was enough... I'm trying to look at the standings right now. What other team... You're I mean, not going to catch the Clippers. I was gonna, no, then I'm not saying they're going to go to three either. I'm saying let's say the Lakers keep moving down without LeBron. I'm uh, trying to think of the team. Like, Well, AD's back today. I, I think that the Nuggets could beat the Mavs in a first round series. I, I do believe that. But I think the absolute max they could get to is the second round. There's no way that they, excuse me, there's no way that they get past the second round without Jamal Murray. Especially if, one, they're going to have to play the Lakers, and if they get lucky and they don't, I, I can see them being the Mavericks. That's it. To your original points, talking about how the Nuggets are overrated, even when Jamal Murray was out, wasn't out yet, that's wrong. That's the not Nuggets wrong. That's an opinion. We're not overrated. And if the Lakers, I believe, if they were not at full strength, the Nuggets would have been favorites to make the finals. In my opinion, I would have had them making it out the West. Over the Jazz? Yes. Okay. I, th- I think they can beat the Jazz in the series. Okay. And the Clippers, too. They've already shown it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, losing Jamal Murray is just too big of a loss. For sure. I don't think they'll make the finals, of course. I don't think they'll make the West Conference finals. I think their ceiling is a second-round team. They can beat the Mavs. They can beat the Blazers yep. in the first round. I even think they can beat Phoenix. 
You know, I think they can beat Phoenix if they face him in the first round. Maybe if they drop and they face Utah, they could probably, you know, beat them. But I think the only two teams they can't beat are the Clippers and the Lakers in the West. I'll even give the edge to Utah, too, because they've been playing amazing. I won't downplay Utah. But those other teams like the Suns, the Blazers, the Mavericks, I think the Nuggets can can. They have a chance to win those series. I wouldn't count them out because Jokic is phenomenal. And even though you talk about how Jamal Murray was the glue. Sorry to cut you off. Brandon Boston's okay. Okay. Huge. And even though you talk about how you thought Murray was the glue, I think Jokic was the glue. Like, Jamal Murray had those great performances, but Jokic was the one getting double teamed versus the Clippers, making the right passes that no other center can. I think he's the best offensive center in NBA history. In my opinion, when you talk about how great he can score, he can score in the post, he can stretch out the floor, he has a great post game. Um, he's also a phenomenal passer, the best passing big man of all time. This is why the Nuggets have still been winning, because they still have a lot of depth on their team. But when we're talking about the playoffs, I just don't know. And also, they're one and one against the Clippers this season. Uh the Clippers are 18 and 5 since the All-Star break, so let's just keep that in mind. They're one and one against the Lakers, even though the Lakers have not been at full strength when they played them. They're one and one against the Jazz, and they're two and one against the Suns, which is why I would feel very confident that they can beat the Suns in a series. Mm. So I have a question: Would you count Tim Duncan as a big man? He was six yes. eleven. Okay, so are you saying? Well, he's a power forward. You yeah, know what I mean. But Yoki, yeah. excuse me, is a, is a true center. That being said, are, are you saying he's better than Tim Duncan offensively? Yes. Let me ask you a question. I don't know another if I question. can agree me, with that. Let me ask you another question because we you you refer to I think Duncan's the better player all around because he's a, an elite defender. Defender, yep. You, but, you, but that's what I'm saying. He was the first big man that we saw dish out the ball. Yeah, that we saw. That, yeah, okay. uh, that's what I'm saying. That we saw. He was the first big man to really. All right, I I could shoot this right now. I'm Tim Duncan. I have the ability to make any basket I want. Uh, obviously, aside from the three point shot, but that's where Jokic. I I will give him an edge too. His three point shooting is better than Tim's, but Tim was the OG. That that was dishing he the was, ball, but I don't think it's on Jokic's level. Uh, what do you like? Tim, like Tim, 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 passing? Tim me, Duncan me, had no, Rob. God, let me God, ask you you're right. You keep saying passing, and you said three point shooting. So let me ask you because we was just talking about Kyrie and Curry, and how you said when it comes to Kyrie, people bring up footwork and mid range post up. You don't think that's something that should be as high at a at, as high for his position. So let me ask you in terms of playmaking and like three point shooting, are you really gonna knock? Tim Duncan because it wasn't as high for his position in his era. That's what I'm not going to knock it, but I'm also going to boost it to anybody who has it. Okay. Because I think passing, no matter what position you are, playmaking is a big bonus because you make your team better all around. It's just a fact. But if it's not part of your system, would it make, like, does it really... You mean it's not a part of your system? Like, some systems don't deem a big man to be a playmaker. You know what I'm saying? Like, But teams build systems around what their best players can do. So I think that's why Jokic has that green light to do what he wants on the offensive side of the I'll court. take Tim Duncan, but you're not too far off. You're not too far off. I mean, Tim Duncan's post work was way better. That I agree. Jokic. Jokic is still amazing, but I Tim Duncan. So you said you had Denver beating. You think Denver can beat Phoenix without Jamal Murray? That's another yes. thing that you that's said that was take. hot, man. You think Bo- so? But think both so. of you are are low on Phoenix. Phoenix has a, a very complete roster, underrated defense. Jokic cooks Aiden. I mean, Jokic cooks legitimately everyone. I'm gonna keep it 100. When they, we talk, we just we're talking about regular season matchups. I, 
without Jamal Murray? You said this, this gonna sound like a hot Zubac take. gave Jokic fits. This gonna this, fits. this gonna be a hot take. We know that Jokic would be the best player against Phoenix. Agreed. In a series. Is it too far off to say that Porter Jr. could be the second? Yes. That he can have a better series than Devin Wait, Booker. are you saying walking in, he's the second, or he can be after that? He can the end? be. No. I, think Michael I disagree. Po- I think Michael Porter can have a better series I'm, than Devin Booker. I'm going to say, I'm, well, he, Is I'm it not because he doesn't have the experience? No, no. I just think Michael Porter Jr., with the increased volume without Jamal Murray, Porter Jr. can drop 25. But but Devin, Devin Booker is going to be asked in the playoffs to average 28 to 32 points. I think Porter can average that in a series if he gets hot. I'm high on Porter, so, you know. I mean, I'm not. Uh, clearly, if you're putting him on Devin Booker's level, who Devin Booker right now is unbelievable. And if we're talking about potential, I think Michael Porter Jr. could be better than Booker. Easily. Without a doubt. I'm talking about potential. He's a 6'10 that man that can does. He does what everything that Booker can do at 6'10. That's not disrespect. That's just a lot of respect. He does whatever. He, he, can, he can do a lot of things that Booker could Porter do. Porter was supposed to be the number Porter was supposed to be the number one pick if he didn't have he didn't Correct. get injured on Mizzou. He's the number one player in the world. Correct. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from Michael Porter Jr. I'm just telling you what I've seen from Devin Booker. What have you seen that you haven't seen before? I mean, he was the third fastest to. I'm blanking on what number. I know. What, I know what you're saying. That, I know what you're it saying. was LeBron. It was KD. It was Devin Booker. That's cool. He is one of the best scorers in the NBA by far. In that sense, he's one of the best scorers, efficient uh, number wise uh, ever. I mean, I'm not saying that he's obviously one of the greatest shooters, scorers. Obviously, not yet. Nowhere near. Done nothing in the playoffs. He's not even the most important player on this team. Talk. Chris Paul is. I agree. Listen, we're going to talk <laughs> about that in a few. That being said, he's the best player on the squad. He's not the most important. He's the best is player. Is he, though, or is he just the There's, best scorer on the squad? He, he is the best player on the team. I would say he's the best player on the team. I think he's the best player on the team, no doubt. But but I just think Listen, that Porter, last year, even without CP3 in the bubble, don't they, you dare bring it they up. went 8-0. They went 8-0. But Booker's averaging 26 per game. In the playoffs, I think he'll do about the same. I think Porter can average 26 in a series. We'll see about that, man. I don't know. Because he what his first year in the playoffs is last year. What did he do? He went go some games. I mean, granted, he had to play against L.A., so I'm not going to scrutinize I him mean, too they much didn't there. didn't start winning until he called out Mike Malone. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I just can't get on board with Devin Booker I, I was, being better. Than, I was never high. I, was, I don't think. I, I think, think Booker's better. but And obviously, we don't know if potential will ever, you know, materialize, but I don't think it's crazy to say Porter can have a better series than Booker. You know, Porter's averaging close to 20 points per game this season, and he's the third option on the team. Him jumping and having to be that second option, it's very possible. Okay. But we'll see. You yeah. know, I, I still like Denver. I'm a big we'll see on that one. I'm think, sad that... Uh, Denver's like the fourth, fifth best team I'm in the sad West. that the Nuggets lost Jamal Murray to an injury this season, but... Hopefully the Denver Nuggets can, you know, make it far in the playoffs. Now, we talked about how we're going to talk about Phoenix. We're going to talk about them right now. We're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns, and specifically we're going to talk about these two guys on the screen, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Obviously, neither of these guys are in the MVP conversation, which is honestly a shame because they are the second seed in the NBA right now. But if you were to pick between Devin Booker and Chris Paul, who would be the MVP? Chris Paul. I think 
when I think Devin Booker was going to put up these numbers, no matter who was on the I think he's capable of putting up these numbers. But I think factoring in leadership, mentality, when Chris Paul walked in, you know, he put that different mentality in Devin Booker's head. You know, he helped him get better. He helped the team get better. His assist to turnover ratio is off the charts. I think as a scorer, he's not what he used to be. But in terms of playmaking, he still can play defense at a very, very efficient level. I think coming in, walking in, being that guy for those young guys, Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, DeAndre Ayan, I think he has to be the most valuable player because if there is no Chris Paul, I don't think there is no second seed Phoenix Suns. You know, I think you can plug in one of the, I, th- I don't think you can plug in any point guard and he can have the same impact for Phoenix, but I think you can plug in a few two guards and they can still be a productive team. So that's why I would have Chris Paul as the MVP for this team. Mitchell Beal, could they have the same production? I would say Booker? Mitchell. I don't know about Beal, but I would definitely say Mitchell. I was thinking the exact same player, actually. Do you think Beal could? No, I don't know. But if we hold on, I think he could. But if if we're going with, I'm not high on Beal though. Replacing Booker with the same caliber of shooting guard, you kind of got to do that with CP3. So if let's say let's say they would have De'Aaron Fox, who you were high on. Yep. They would be. Terrible. I don't. They don't think. I don't think they'd be terrible. I don't think they'd be the same team because CP three brings a specific aspect of the game to to the squad. He brings in defense. He brings in hard work. He brings in. I know I can make my teammates better, so I'm going to do so. I'm going to if I see I can, I have a lane, but if I see my guy open, I'm going to give it to him. What of a more? What, what about a more uh, similar play style like a Ben Simmons pass first point? He's too he 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 is too deficient on offense. He he he's great, but at the same time, he doesn't elevate everybody like Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul's intangibles and his experience in the NBA, his leadership, like stuff you can't measure with the stats. Or like Ben Simmons doesn't have that. You know, I'm, I can't agree with that personally. I feel like I I what makes CP three different is that he can shoot the three, and so you have to respect that. So the spacing on the floor is obviously going to be different. But Ben brings more athleticism, more rebounding, about a little less passing because obviously CP3 is the best passing point guard in the league right now. But he still passes the ball with the best of them, I'd say. In my opinion, he's a top three passer in the league. I mean, we saw even when jo- – why, why isn't he a top three passer in the league? Luca, LeBron, Harden. Chris Paul, LaMelo Ball, not going to lie. Yeah. Trey is a better passer. Than that I can't agree with that. I will I will I will give you LeBron because that was the first one that came He's to Joker mind. Too. I would I would I would take CP three over Luca. Okay, but you have to give us Luca over Ben. You got to. Oh, excuse me. I'm we're talking Ben. Yeah. Uh I, I am I'm going to take I'm taking Ben over Luca passing wise. He's not top three. <laughs> passing wise? Yes, he's, he's not. not. Ben Simmons You're right. Top. Harden Harden automatically with that, you 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 stump me. And I'll take CP3, okay, so that's but three. but your point is so regardless, also he brings and, better and way better defense. He's he's arguably the best defender in the league. I mean, in my opinion, I think he is the best defender in the league. The only thing that separates them and why I, I would I, I agree with you that it wouldn't be the same is because CP3 actually has the threat of shooting. And so the spacing on the floor would be completely different. So saying that, who would your MVP for Phoenix be? So like we I said before, the best player on this squad for me is Devin Booker. The most valuable player on this team is Chris Paul. He's what makes this team go. He he is what sets the offense. He 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 calls the plays. He knows how to get his guys open. He knows how to read a defense and best adjust to that. Defensively, he brings a different mindset to everyone. It's a it's a 
listen, if I'm if I'm busting my butt here, I need you guys to 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 work just as hard with me. So I feel like that's why CP3 leadership wise clutch too. He's very clutch. There's a stat that he had 102 assists in April. 13 turnovers in 11 games. Like the efficiency that he's having with the ball in his hands is unbelievable. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna roll with CP3 as the MVP. I'll, I'll I'm gonna make my point, and I'm gonna ask you guys a question because I said this the other day, and I want to get your takes on this. But Chris Paul, when they faced Philly uh, the other night, Devin Booker got praised for the shot. Chris Paul had 28. Booker did not touch 20. So, and also if you look at the the raw stats, it shows Booker's having a better year. But when you look at the advanced analytics, it's not even close. But we'll get into the raw stats first. Chris Paul is averaging 16 and 9, shooting 48% from the field and 36% from the field. Like he always averages that. Devin Booker is averaging 25, 4 and 4, shooting 48% from the field and 35% from three. But here is where they start to go their separate ways. Chris Paul's offensive rating is 122 when he's on the court. Defensive rating is 109. Mm. Win shares is 7.2. Box plus minus is 4. Devin Booker has a 110 offensive rating. Nice. So Chris Paul has has these plus 12 better than offensive rating. Devin Booker's defensive rating is 112. And if you don't know how defense rating is measured, the lower is better better because that's how many points you allow per 100 possessions. Devin Booker has (laughs) 4.1 win shares. And he has a box plus minus of 0.5. So in terms of the advanced analytics, Chris Paul beats Devin Booker in everything. And the Suns added Chris Paul in the offseason, Crowder, and they stole Craig like in the mid-year. Craig has been phenomenal for them. And they lost Rubio, Oubre, and Baines. So we can say like just with the addition of Chris Paul, they have went from the 10th seed that they were last year to the second seed. Last year, they won 34 games. This year, they're at 41 in a shortened season. I think Chris Paul, obviously, there's a correlation between him going to Phoenix and them starting to win. So my MVP, like your guys' MVP, is Chris Paul for sure. What was your question? My question is this. I was on the locker room app, and we were I was in a chat room debating, you know, Steph Curry and other stuff, and... The the topic of who's the best clutch player at the point guard position in the league came up, and people said it was Kyrie, and Dame is there, Kyrie, and I said this, I would take Chris Paul over Kyrie in the clutch. I don't th- I don't think that's crazy to say. I-, I think we praise Kyrie for that one shot that he hit, but you've been saying what I've been saying for years. Outside of that one shot. There have been few and far between clutch moments that you can name. There have been more cold stretches than there have been he saved the day. Chris Paul in the clutch last year led the league in clutch points. This year, in terms of percentages, top three in, in clutch um percentage in the clutch. So I think Chris Paul is more clutch than Kyrie. So what's the question? That's hard for me. He's what asking think, who's who's you, the most you clutch think that's point crazy guard. To say, or you think that Kyrie's more clutch? Than I would. Chris I Paul? wouldn't say that it's crazy to say because you're 100 percent right. Last year, Chris Paul was on a different universe in the fourth quarter. He definitely. I I know for a fact he was number one in fourth quarter points. To say he's the clutchest point guard ever. No, in the league right now. And you're 100 percent right. I apologize. To say he's the clutchest point guard in the league right now, I think I I would still have to lean Kyrie. Maybe my bias is kicking in. I, Chris Paul has never, ever 
hit a shot as clutch as the NBA Finals, as you mentioned already. If that's the case. Christmas Day. You have to put Dame over Kyrie. I can't. Why? Because he Dame did it in the hit finals. Multiple. He did it series. in the finals. Okay, but Dame has hit multiple so series. So Rory's clutcher than most Derek players ever. Not, well, I mean, that you took one moment. I'm talking about a player who obviously has shown greatness throughout the entirety of his career. You're reaching a little bit. <laughs> Robert, Robert Horry's had multiple well, he's, he, big he, shots, though. I'm just saying, Dame has multiple enders, like series, oh, series enders. enders. Yeah, against so. the Rockets and against against OKC. Listen, Dame would be top three for sure, no doubt. I want to say this: the only person I take over Chris Paul is Dame. Why are you I'm, disrespecting Kyrie? I wanna, I'm not. I just think he's getting slightly overrated. I want to say this: I think Clutch has become a. Who can just hit buzzer beaters and people don't factor in the whole fourth quarter. I think the whole fourth quarter and the 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 fact that you can control the fourth quarter uh-huh. is clutch. And I think that's why I probably would agree with Joel that Chris Paul can control. With, when you're a guy at six feet and you can control the game for 12 minutes straight in the clutch, I think that is incredible. And I think I, I'll agree. I think in terms of like getting himself a shot, you know, that pick and roll hit the midi is different and then getting somebody else open I think that's why I would have Chris Paul over Kyrie I think I would I think Kyrie is one of the clutchest point guards in the league without a doubt he's definitely top two top three but I think CB3 is probably the clutchest because he can control the whole fourth quarter with not just his scoring but his playmaking too and his defense too he's had multiple clutch defensive stops too I don't think Kyrie ever had a defensive stop in the also clutch. the narrative around Chris Paul being bad in the playoffs is, is pretty ridiculous to me but we talked about the MVP for the Suns. But also, I mean, you're very high on them going into the playoffs. So I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Okay. You know, I think they'll have a good lineup in the playoffs. We know the, the lineup shrink. My playoff eight, which is the eight-man lineup I think they'll have in the playoffs, Chris Paul, Booker, Mikel Bridges, yep. Jay Crowder, Aiton, of course, Cameron Johnson, Torrey Craig, and Dario Sarge. I agree. Maybe a little bit of... Cameron Payne here and there. Mm-hmm. He's been playing good. But I think that's their playoff eight. Mm-hmm. So how far do you think they can go in the playoffs? So as a two seed right now, they would be playing the seven, which is who? Is that the Memphis? Trailblazers? Portland. Por- or- all right, oh, so Portland. Or- Portland. Portland. Mavs. Oh, so, all right, Mavs. Portland, Mavs, Grizzlies. I am saying for sure the Suns would beat all three of those teams. This is where it starts to get it's tricky. Clippers. That's what I'm saying. This is where it starts to get tricky. Suns would have to play either the Suns, Suns would have to play either the Lakers or the Nuggets. Granted, the Nuggets beat the Lakers, which there's no way that happens. I think the Suns lose to the Lakers, no doubt. Could the Suns beat the Clippers is the real question. Put into they've the Clippers have swept the Suns in the season series. Just wanted to let y'all know that before you guys start talking. Three L. I don't know if I can firmly say that that would happen. Would I be surprised given the Clippers' choke job last season? No. I think I would take the Clippers without any bias in my heart. I think the Cl- the Clippers would win that series. Utah versus for versus Suns straight up, that probably wouldn't happen because it's a one two. Suns are right in that matchup. I mean the the Utah the Utah Jazz shooting is definitely significantly better than theirs, but they're still banged up. Rudy Gobert hasn't been back yet. Uh, Donovan Mitchell just got hurt. I'm sure that they'll both be back by playoff time. But I don't know how the Suns right now can cannot be in direct competition with Utah. You know, if they were in a series, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns beat Utah right now. I really wouldn't I be. I the think, only I team, the only, I, the only team, two teams. I apologize yeah. to cut you. Only two teams I can't see them beating: Lakers, Clippers. The only team I can't see them beating 
definitively are the Lakers. Yep. I can see them beating the Clippers, but I'd I'd give the slight edge to the Clippers because I think overall their depth is better and their their top two players are better. You know, when you're going into the series and Kawhi and Paul George are your are the best two players in the series, I think you're in pretty good shape and your depth is about the same. I think the last time we saw Phoenix and the Clippers play, what messed up Phoenix was their play down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And I think it opened people's eyes to something is that when the Clippers lock in, when they put a Kawhi on Chris Paul or Paul George on Devin Booker or whatever you want, either one of those two, you basically neutralize their best two players. Yeah. And then who are you going to play through? DeAndre Ayan against Sergi Bach, another great defender. I think the Clippers just have too much perimeter defense and their offense is off the charts right now. For, for me to say that Phoenix can beat the Clippers in a series. I agree. It, listen, it comes down to Aiden. You. Sorry, nah, you got to get your uh, words in. but I agree with both of you. Aiden really, it, it, if they want to go deep into this playoffs and really make a run, it's all on DeAndre Aiden because I know for a fact these two are going to show up. If Aiden can come and, and, and shock the world, be a 17-10, and 10, which would be amazing, there's no reason why they can't beat either of those teams other than the Lakers. On to the next topic. The last topic of the episode, the last real topic of the episode, it's about Paul George. This dirty picture of him. And look, I understand. I understand that both of you have this ongoing feud. You're a Paul George (laughs) fan, and Andrew's a hater. Even before the show, bickering back and forth about how good Paul George is. So I'll let you guys steal the spotlight on this segment right here. And the question is. Is Paul George disrespected as a player because of his recent playoff struggles? I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Obviously. Like, that's a no-brainer to that. Of course he's been criticized as a player because of his recent struggles in the playoffs. Just like James Harden has been criticized for his, his struggles in the playoffs. We know how great James Harden is. But, of course, it comes back to what has he done in the playoffs? You're supposed to be this all-time great player. Why aren't you getting it done in the playoffs? Paul George has had decent teams going into this into the into the playoffs multiple times. OKC, he had Russ. He goes, leaves, doesn't think that that's a good idea. Goes to the Clippers, has Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard after he came off one of the most historic uh, runs uh, players had in NBA history. Goes and wins a championship with Toronto. Pieces out. Goes to the Clippers. Wants to compete for the crown in L.A. Paul George forces his way out of OKC. Same thing like Durant, leaving Russell by himself. So you think that he he thought that he was upgrading for sure. Goes, he definitely should be in a better position to succeed when he's got a a player as efficient as Kawhi, both ends of the court. He goes ghost. Not has he. Not only has he did he go ghost against the Nuggets. The season before that against OK against against the Blazers, he got embarrassed. And then not only before that, against Utah, he got embarrassed by Joe Ingles. And then so, and it's funny because he doesn't to himself, where he even has an interview where he calls himself, wait till you see playoff P. He put that pressure on himself, knowing that, listen, no disrespect to anyone that has mental issues. He, he said, he's come out, he said that, you know, he really struggles with anxiety. And I, I can relate to that 100%. I get that. You put all this pressure on yourself. I am playoff P. That's a strong nickname. So you're going to be surprised when people come in and call you way off P? When you're hitting the side of the backboard, when you're up 3-1, you blow a, a, a 
a three one lead to an inferior Nuggets team. You're supposed to be one. You're just supposed to be a better scorer than Kawhi Leonard. A hundred percent. I think Paul George should be a hundred percent the best scorer on the Clippers if they want to win a championship. So of course he's getting criticized because of his his recent playoff struggle. I'm that, that's obvious. He's been amazing this regular season, but who cares until he does something in the playoffs? God, Riv. <laughs> I think it's unfair. I think people jump on Twitter and just wait for him to fail to talk about him. I think this run that he's having should definitely be, and I'm not saying it deserves the highest praise from guys like Steph Curry, you know, praising him or James Harden because those are guys, MVP caliber players, guys that have won MVPs, you know, made deep runs consistently. I'm not asking for that, but he's playing well. Give him his due credit. You know, he this year he's shown, even when he's talking to the reporters and he's talking to the interview, you know, he's shown the matureness. He's shown the fact that he's locked in for real. He's shown the improvement in his game, you know. He's been improved. He's his efficiency is off the charts right now. His playmaking has improved. He's definitely looked like a different player. And listen, I'm not gonna sit here and act like he doesn't come in and talk about playoff P or he comes in and talk about that was a bad shot. Yes, he said some stupid things when he talks, but I think people forget that Paul George is a top ten, top fifteen talent in the NBA. You know, he's one of the most skilled players. In the NBA, he's one of the best two-way players in the NBA, and when he gets it going, he can definitely put on a show. And I think people forget, you know, people like to have revisionist history, and people forget. Yeah, Joe English shitted on him, but people forget that he broke an OKC record for having the most threes in the first two games. He had thirty in back-to-back games in at home, and he wasn't the only one that played trash. Russ Westbrook at one point got outplayed by Ricky Rubio. People talk about Portland. He came in, he could barely hold, he could barely put his arms up, still came in, had the guard CJ, guard Dame, and put on an offensive show because West Westbrook was playing like trash. Last year in the bubble, I cannot give you a proper excuse for why he played like shit. He just, Dallas, he didn't show up. Denver, he didn't show up. He did blow the 3-1 lead. But I think when people talk about Paul George, they talk about him like he's some scrub, and I think that's kind of disrespectful because he's shown the ability to be one of the best players in the NBA. So just to name some of these playoff moments, Game four, 2017 playoffs, first round, Cavs versus Pacers. Game four, closeout game, shot five for 21. Then when he didn't get the last shot, he blamed C.J. Miles for not passing it to him and not getting the last shot. Let's also say they were up 26 one game in that series. It was, it was and the game lost. you're talking about. Game, no, that was game three. Go game ahead. six against Utah, 2018 playoffs. He had five points in 43 minutes of action. That is horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Dude, come on. He has bad games. He has bad games. Then like, game historically five, bad. Then game five, OKC. He got sent home in the first round. OKC did it on that Dame Millard buzzer beater. But let's be fair. PG had 36 that game and shot 14 for 20. So his great performance that game got overshadowed because of the shot and what he said after. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> All he had to do was stay humble. He had a good game. Listen, we got beat. Dame had an amazing shot. That's it. I mean, this year he said, shot. he said at the All-Star break. It took him two years to come out and realize, yeah, I was wrong. Maturity. And then the Nuggets series this past year and the Mavs series this past year, he played bad in both of them. But we do forget about how good he's been in the playoffs before, going toe-to-toe with LeBron, Game 7, ECF, you know, even though he played bad in Game 7 as well mm-hmm. that that uh, that year. <laughs> but, I mean, Paul George, I think he does get a little bit disrespected as sure. a player. There are some people who think Bradley Beal is better than him, you know, 
which is crazy to say. I can't agree with that. I don't agree with that. But I think he has been disrespected as a player. But like you said, he does put some of that on himself by saying that he's going to show up and perform. And that's why you see these nicknames of Way Off P. George Pan- Paul. Pandemic P. George Paul. Nah, George Paul is crazy. Way Off P is mad rude. That is one of the rudest nicknames I've ever heard. Listen, I think we're in store for a very special treat this year. That's, that's Keep your faith, bro. Mad. We're in, listen. You see that you see what he's been on. Like he's on straight focus. He goes in and even when Devin Booker and them was trying to get him riled up, he's like he's not hearing none of the noise. He's he's locked in, and we locked in. Yeah, let's wait till playoff time. Like I said, listen. He's been. I'll give him his flowers. He's been amazing this season. No, we're you, lo- you we're say in. the Clippers are WCF bound. I, they, they, I'm not gonna say they're finals bound. I, if I had to put money, I would put money on the Lakers. But I think the Clippers can beat them. But they are WCF bound. I think the Clippers are without a doubt WCF bound. I just don't see a team beating the Lakers. That's because you're a LeBron lover. I mean, I'm a Le- LeBron lover, but I'm also a realist. We have a better 10-man roster than you guys. We. We don't? I mean. ten. We can go 10-12 deep. And with Terrence Mann now, we can go. Come on, bro. Dennis Schroeder's a dog. Pat Bev Kuz is him. a dog. You just said Kuz was whack pre-show. I said that he is not as good as people say he is. He's still he's been playing very good while Marcus LeBron's Morris been is out. Than Kuzma. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree. Uh, I'm gonna KCP is a dog. What the KCP gets buckets when we need him to. Well, stop the show, bro. KCP gets buckets when we need him to. I'm not saying that yeah, he's, he's a, not bad, dude. Come he's on, he's a dog. I don't know about okay, that. Okay, all right. <laughs> Sue me for saying dog. Dude is very good at basketball. He's alright. Uh, Montrez Harrell. It's just like, did we forget that he's on the Lakers too? We also forget you. You. It's funny how you love to talk about Paul George, but forget he's also another guy who played really bad last year in the bubble. He played horrible. He was unplayable at one moment. But when you have your best scorer playing like trash too, hey, hey, say both of them. Because Kawhi played like trash. Kawhi, but Kawhi actually tra- like he showed up. There were games. Kawhi where played he, trash one game. Yeah, literally one game. And it cost it matters. Him game seven. And what did playoff? What did hey, 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 what don't did he start, do? Don't start new mindset. Now, so then let's forget about Montrezl Harrell. So sir. in the series, WCF Clippers versus the Lakers, you got the Clippers. Lakers no in doubt. six. You you say you'd put your money on the Lakers, but you know who do you have though? Bias Riv would say Clippers in seven. Real fan, I would say Lakers in seven. I just don't I see a series seven. where LeBron goes seven and loses against Kawhi. That's why I just said, I just said real said Clippers in seven, Bias Riv. Yeah, Bias Riv, which was biased me. I but said real, real fan, Lakers in seven. I don't think nobody okay. beats LeBron in seven. I agree. Fair enough. Now, on to the last short question of this show, and if obviously it went into something totally different, but okay. Last short question of the show. Boom. Who's the NBA player that you think fans should know about more? I got five. <clears throat> Name me one. We don't want to hear five. What's your best one? How you coming? <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Uh, I had Drew Holiday. I feel like players don't know. Like people, like people know who Drew Holiday is from the series where he locked up Dame. But I don't think people consistently understand how great he is as a two way player. Like he's really a dog. That he's one of the like people. If people watch all these people, like, all these NBA players, these stars do interviews. The same guy. Pops up when they're talking about one of the best defenders in the league. The same guy, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Drew, I think people need to learn a lot about Drew Holiday. I, I think he's a really great player. And uh, one more guy, because since we was talking about my Memphis, I'm going to give my boy some love. Jonas Valanciunas. I think he's a real beast down low. You know, he kind of looks like somebody I see regularly. I'm going to figure it out for you guys, though. But he's a he's a beast. 
And I think he deserves a lot of love. You know, I know those big men are fading, but I think he definitely deserves the credit because he's one of the reasons Memphis is as good as it is. Listen, I like Colin Sexton a lot, dude. Colin Sexton, he averages almost 25, averages over a steal a game, 4.1 assists where I don't hold too much against him because, let's be honest, on Cleveland, other than him, Darius Garland, who really hasn't turned up as as his projected draft stock was, Jared Allen's been hurt for a while now. Kevin Love is, you know, in and out of the lineup. They traded, they, they let go of Andre Drummond. Rebounding numbers could be better, especially with his, his athleticism. Only averages three rebounds. 82% uh, free throw shooter, 49% from the field, 38% three-point shooter. If they get some, they give him some support, man. This guy's really special. Athletically, he's one, he's one of the more athletic guards in the league right now. I really, I really think people should start taking notice. Since you named two, I named two. And I, I named under the radar players. You you're both you both copped out with your answer. <laughs> I got under the radar players for real. Emmanuel quickly. One, Sadiq Bay. Mm. Sadiq Bay you named Detroit, a rookie. Eleven point four points per game, shooting thirty eight percent from three. He's also a very great defender. Everybody knew out of Villanova he was an NBA ready guy, and he's showing all of that in the NBA right now. Fans should definitely know about him. And second, he's playing on Washington right now, Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford is averaging 12 and 6 in about 16 minutes for the Wizards. And with him, they've been 8 and 1. You know, obviously it's because Westbrook has been on the tear, but Daniel Gafford has been amazing. They're playing now, too. And Westbrook, I think he probably passes already, but the other night, he was only four assists away to Daniel Gafford for assisting Daniel Gafford the most times, more than any other Bulls player. In his two-year tenure with Chicago, we have no point guard. Russell Westbrook assisted him more <laughs> times, so I think he's been a huge addition to the Wizards, and he's averaging two blocks per game in 16 minutes. So he's playing amazing. And those are my two players. You guys named like stars. I mean, I wouldn't say that Colin Sexton's a star. This is his first breakout season, and who really talks about anyone from Cleveland other than LeBron? I'll give you that. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. So this is going to do it for episode 82 of the Pick Aside Podcast. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much. As always, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, and join us on the Locker Room map. Follow us. Rivers at name is at Rivers0416. Mine is at Joel V. Morand. And if you guys want to, you guys can donate to us on Patreon. We don't have any sponsorships on the show, so... You know, we try to be as authentic as we can, and those donations do go a long way. So if you made it this far, thank you. And also, don't forget to review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. We're so close to 30 reviews, so that would mean a lot. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And now we're ending the live stream on YouTube as well. So we'll see you guys next time.